Warning. This program may contain explicit language that may be considered offensive or inappropriate to children and some adults. The following content is intended for mature audiences. Hello and welcome to Talk It Out, where we uh, talk it out. My name is Durye Rashad. I'm so happy to be with you all here this Thursday. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, so you know we're going to have a, a really interesting current events. But after our current events today, we're doing a, um, I don't want to say impromptu, but this was not what we originally had scheduled for this week. We're going to have an Asian American, African American summit. Um, the conversation is going to be between members of two communities. And we're going to try to have a conversation about everything, you know, have a, a conversation about how to move forward with everything that's been happening in the news, the tension that exists between the two communities, but also the allyship that's there. We're just going to have an open and honest conversation about it. So if you're watching with us right now and you've never been to Talk It Out, Talk It Out is a place where, or if you're listening, Talk It Out is a place where people of opposing views can get together and have a healthy and productive dialogue in a respectful way. Keeping in mind that it's not always about proving who's right and who's wrong. Sometimes it's simply about listening and being heard. Pardon me. So before we get started, I want you all to take this opportunity. If you're watching us right now, please head over to YouTube, specifically YouTube, and like our video, subscribe to the channel, and leave us a comment and hit that notification bell so that you're notified when we have new content that hits the, uh, the web. The reason we need you to go ahead and like our YouTube videos to get viewership up over there, help us with that algorithm so that we can maybe get some, you know, sponsorship and all that other fun stuff. So head over to YouTube right now. And also while you're hanging out with us right now, go ahead and share, like, share, comment. Let us know in the comments, are you excited about what do you want to talk about in current events? Also, are you excited or or just, in, I'm, I'm excited, honestly, to have this summit tonight. So are you excited about the summit too? Let us know what you think. All right. So let's start bringing in our panelists. First panelist we have coming on is Mr. PJ Vongsavong. He's been to talk it out a few times. He's an associate broker with a local real estate firm that's in Columbus, Georgia. He is an Asian American who grew up on the other side of the tracks, as he likes to say. PJ understands how important the comfort and security of having a home is and actively engages his community and his industry in promoting fair housing. And for the better part of two decades, he and his wife have called Georgia home. His blog is the PJ Vong, which is spelled V-O-N-G, dot blogspot.com twitter at the pj vong please welcome to talk it out mr pj vong what's up pj Durye, how are you i'm doing well how are you man i've had they're few and far between but i have had a crazy work week um i mean if there were mm. if there were fires that needed to be put out they were everywhere um luckily yesterday afternoon my wife and i hannah and i were able to, to put them all to bed and today was a nice relaxing day we took the kids and just drove all over all over town just doing stuff okay yeah well i'm excited that you're here to hang out with us um yeah, okay looking forward to this conversation all right next i'm gonna bring in the chief mother of the james tribe who's an avid reader and a k-drama enthusiast please welcome to talk it out positivity how are you doing hey, i'm good how are you I'm doing well. You know, I'm so always excited when you're here. I know. I just I know. love it. I, I had to tell my mom, like, yo, I can't talk to you when I get home. I got stuff to do. I, I, mean, have, to, I have a place to be. Right. 
She was like, uh, I don't care about your little high school friends. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next returning panelist, uh, this is their second ap uh, appearance on Talk It Out. I'm so excited to have her here. Uh, Michelle Polkaback is an Atlanta-based actor in both theater and film, co-founder of East by Southeast, which is an organization focused on supporting and developing local Asian artists in the Southeast, meaning Southeast of America, right? I'm assuming that's what we're talking about, like Atlanta stuff, yeah. So she's also a member of IDEA ATL, an organization created to support inclusive, diverse, and equitable practice in the arts. And also, if you recognize her for some reason when she pops up, that's because You've seen her face about 85,000 times since March 3rd in, because she is one of the cast members of Flirting with Destiny, which is going to be filming in about two months. So please welcome Michelle Polkaback to Talk It Out. Hey, Michelle. Hey, how's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm feeling all different kinds of emotions, but I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy same. to have this conversation. Same, same. All right, next, we're going to bring in Who's coming next? All right, next we're gonna bring in, oh, let's sneeze. Mom, entrepreneur, teacher extraordinaire, also geeking out co-host and the best production assistant that exists on the planet, Ricky Z. What's up? Oh, you know, just. Uh... Yep, I seen, I seen, <laughs> I know. You know, it's 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 spring break and. Ooh. And, children you know, all the time, huh? The children, just children. Mm-hmm. And them thinking that pizza that we just had for dinner was not dinner; it was something Ooh. else entirely. Like it's that was the snack, right? A whole pizza was. That's funny. Like fourth meal is supposed to happen. I don't know. And then another one decided <laughs> to put on makeup, and then asked me at this very moment, for makeup remover. <laughs> at this very moment so well you know you can handle that we got some more people to bring on we got some more yes. people to bring on all right so next panelist coming to us is going to be a storyteller and a writer working for catalyst game labs where he develops uh where he leads development of the shadow run rpg official campaign he's also the content creator for rem alternus a creative media outlet they recently published the first part of his graphic series Cobblesworth Clockwork Circus, a very, very um, successful Kickstarter. This past winter, they just had a Kickstarter for it. Uh, when he's not paneling for Talk It Out, he's tormenting me on Tuesdays in a Shadowrun live stream at Twitch on twitch.tv Master of Rim. Please welcome Mr. Danny Yoon. Hello, everybody. I am Danny. I'm here to talk about whatever we're going to talk about. All the things, all the junk, all the stuff. I'm ready yes. for it. Things and junks and stuff. I like it. Okay. And then I believe that's everyone we have right now. We might have some people join us that were supposed to be here and they had some technical issues. If they join us, they join us. If they don't, they don't. But for right now, we have one more panelist, our newest panelist. And you know, we always say our newest for last. Her, oh, I didn't ask her how to pronounce her last name. So I'm not going to pronounce her last name. So she's here. But her name is Ami. She's an actor, director, producer, and has been a fixture of Atlanta theater for 18 years and is a mainstay of Atlanta only year their, their only year-round Shakespeare rep rep repertory ensemble. The Atlanta Shakespeare Company, ASC, for 16 years. While at ASC, she earned her actor's equity card playing Viola in Twelfth Night. I've never I've never seen read Twelfth Night. I need to know. But becoming the, the area's first and for a time only Asian Indian actress to join the professional union. Dope. Recently, 
Ami was the Seattle-based Fern Shakespeare Company's first resident guest director, where she directed Othello. Continuing the list of firsts, she co-founded East by Southeast, the only arts festival in the Southeast to feature work by and of American artists of Asian descent. The festival, like her work on stage, exemplifies her personal mission to defy traditional casting and produce stories that transcend color and gender. Currently, she's the marketing manager for Aurora Theater. In her free time, she makes a delicious martini as a part-time bartender and a program consultant. Please welcome Ami to talk it out. <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say. Yeah, go ahead. That's I was going to say my last name is pronounced Bias. And that's Just what like I was going to say, but I was like, you know what? Because I've been on the receiving end of people like trying my name, and it's just like, mm, I'm just let you have it. So, um, I think I think actually he is here. We have another panelist who's loading up right now, and when he gets on, we'll bring him on. But it's Aaron, y'all y'all know Aaron. He's in the backstage, and he'll he'll come on in a few minutes. But before we go into our current events for this evening, I want to take a moment just to show you all a few ads really quick, like for one minute, and then we'll be right back to talk about current events for the week. So, I mean, what current events, we're going to talk about, like, some politics, and then we're going to talk about some ratchet stuff, too, before we get into, like, the meat of the, right, okay. Like <laughs> always? We always have to say something ratchet, okay? <laughs> so we're actually going to start with, hmm, I want to start, do I want to start with that? I guess I do. George Floyd is not on trial. I thought Can he we, was. It sounds no, like he is. It sounds like he is, right? Like. Yeah, it sounds Every like he feels like it. PSA. George Floyd and the people that witnessed his murder are not on trial. Yet, if you, I can't watch, I can't watch it. I, it's hard for me to watch, but I've seen highlights. It's really hard for me to watch the trial, though. Um, especially every time they show the video, it's, I just, but every time, every time the defense is involved, even in, I, I was watching, I was watching TV today, and surprisingly enough, CNN was like, breaking news, George Floyd's girlfriend suspected him of, of using drugs. And I was like, but what does that have to do with the price of rice in China? Like, okay, did, did like what, what does that have to do with anything? And this crazy thing to me is the, the man who's on trial, whose name I won't say, the man who's actually on trial, his um he was having marital problems. If you really go into it, his wife and his and they like, why are these things not being, you know what I'm saying? Like, wh why is it that all this stuff about the victim's life becomes Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Aaron is here. He's ready. He's backstage. I'm pulling it's a neck-strengthening drug, though. That was like one of the side effects of the drug, right? It strengthens your neck and makes it... Right. I just feel like it, it's so unfortunate because as a person of color, it is, really, it is really hard to, like, watch this happen because what it feels like is somebody said this to me. They were... Not to me, but they said it in, like, a chat. They said it's not... Someone's like, how are we having a trial for something that, like, was on camera and everyone saw it's like because the trial isn't about whether he did it or not the trial is about whether he can get away with it or not and it's the same the tactics like i don't know why we're even all surprised you know what i mean with that language with what they're trying to focus on instead like this is stuff people joke about and it's still actually happening that's the, the that's the best part about it all the most disheartening thing to me is that George, the this particular incident felt like the turning point, right? It felt like finally, even the people who were always like, well, we don't know the whole story or, you know, that were just like full on, like, you know, you don't know what it is to be a police officer. Even a lot of those people saw this and were like, okay, 
okay, that's too far, you know, and it felt like finally, you know, maybe we'll get something. And then, you know, a year later, I guess people forgot how horrifying it was. I also feel like it's challenging us on our media. So like, what are our news outlets right now? And like, I don't know about y'all, but like a lot of it for me has been transitioning over the years to social media, which I hate, but I also am thankful for in a way because it's something outside of the regular news sources that you get on TV that are spouting out that kind of um, rhetoric. And I'm just like, you know, now it's a bigger haystack to find that needle of truth and fact, but... I don't know. It's, it, that's fascinating for me to take a look at too. But then I mean, again, who, you know, if you, if something on social media is amplified enough times, it takes on that level of truth. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and if you aren't savvy enough to say, Oh, this is coming from, you know, your source isn't, is another news outlet. It's the same problem that mainstream media has is they quote each other, right? They've decided they're all, reliable sources and they quote each other. And that's the same thing that's happening in social media. So I hear that a lot, that I'm getting all of my news information from social media. I'm getting all my news information from social media. I'm willing to get my eyewitness accounts from social media, but I don't necessarily know that I trust the people who are just amplifying other sites. Um, and that's a problem, right? Like how that can contributes to the tension. I, I, I think it's I think it's multi, a multitude of things because I actually had someone mention to me today, like they they they, ins they insinuated that I was like a brainwashed by the media. And I was just like, I'm brainwashed by some of my friends, maybe. Yeah, like I believe whatever they tell me. But I mean, yeah, there's a few there's a few friends that I mean. If they told me something, I mean, even if it sounded crazy, I'd be like, well, they're telling me, so I, I'd buy it. But the news is like, no, because at the end of the day, the news is still like a business. I found some, this is kind of like, bring me back if I go too far off left. I found some interesting stuff about Candace Owens today, which is when I say the news is a business. Candace Owens actually owned, right before, um, she owned a liberal site. Yeah. That used to trash Trump. And, wasn't making any money. <laughs> and it wasn't making money. And then once she, she made a viral video that like blew up of her saying the video she said was that the NRA was started so that black people could have guns to protect themselves from the KKK. And that's what made her. And then she started getting money. So then she went. And I'm just, that's my point is like, this is all a business. This like media commentary, it's all a business. So you really can't Fox News or freaking um, CNN in the left and right. They're just, they're selling to their consumers. So for us, the people who is like, okay, we like buying stuff, but we want to know that what we're hearing in the news is we want to kind of have some sort of faith in that. And we know at this point, our history has shown us that we can't. So we have no choice but to rely on stuff like this, because this is not the only show like this. You know what I'm saying? We have no choice but to rely on, on, on interactions like this to kind of give us a better, because we can't be everywhere at once. I also want to say that, it, go for it. I just wanted to address one of the comments that was up there by Kendra Mage on uh, his intent. It doesn't matter what his intent was, a man still died. So whatever I, I, his intent I, was. Goes that was the sarcasm from, from Kendra Mage. So, yeah. yeah. Was but it sarcasm? There are, some, there are people Kendra, out there. Probably that, from Kendra Mage. Yeah, well, I mean, there are people it, are out there who are like, well, no, he didn't mean to. It doesn't, it doesn't matter it doesn't what he meant to do there was a life still lost. And my biggest issue with all of it is that when it comes to a person of color, period, 
black, white, Asian, Latinx, whatever, they always bring up, oh, well, this person had a record. Oh, well, this person, they skipped school on the third Thursday of every month. Who cares? They died. Right. Okay. Those are unimportant things. But when it is someone that is not a person of color, oh, they were a stand-up student, like the guy who raped a girl and left her out there. And he was like, oh, yeah, he's a great tennis player. He's going to lose a scholarship if we don't let him off. (laughs) Brock, Brock something, the... Yeah. That's a different one. Brock's the other one that... Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But the judge was like, well... He's a, he's a, we don't want to ruin his career over, like, the dad said this, too. We don't want to, like, ruin his career over, like, 10 minutes of, of fun. What? Hello? Right, so just... But a person that, right? that's been that's been killed, you want to bring up his... Whole His, his whole... Uh, and in the third grade, he got detention because right. he told his teacher to shut up. Nobody cares about that. This right, what does it got died. to do with this? <laughs> so let's change that narrative. That's all I want. I don't care about the, the, the stuff. Because we already under we have an understanding of what the justice system will do, just us system will do, and it is not all necessarily meant to. It's not good and it's not bad. It's just somewhere in the middle, right? Regardless of how much we might feel like it doesn't protect people, I, I feel it's like it's in not middle. in the middle. I feel like it's not in the middle. I feel like I feel like when you if you really want to do a deep dive of the criminal justice system, you have to take everything into account, which means its origins, its history, and how it is currently being applied. And when you look at all of that, you can't say it's half bad, half good. It's good for people who benefit from it, sure. But those people who benefit from it are generally white people, or the more the closer you lean toward whiteness, the more benefits you'll get from it. The farther you are from whiteness, the less benefits. So you look at a person like me, have I been in a situation? Have I had positive encounters with the police, even with a criminal record? I absolutely have. I've had circumstances where that's why, like, it's 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 hard for me to look at it because it's like, but you can't say I can't sit here and say because I had encounters with police where they didn't hurt me and drag me that I can really have space to say that too much because then it creates this atmosphere where you can feel like it. Cre- I feel like it creates an unrealistic expectation for some of these black men walking around there who won't have those encounters. They just won't. You know what I mean? They absolutely won't. And it sucks that it's like when you meet a policeman that's that's like the ones that I've encountered, it's almost like, oh, my God, that was weird that they weren't like I've had policemen. I had a policeman once. I was like he he told me, I hope you like he I hope you shoplift. I didn't have nothing on me. They were suspecting me of shoplifting. He was like, I hope you got something on you so I can take you to jail. And I'm like, but why? Like, why? you hope that I stole something because you just want to put me in jail that bad. And I'm thinking to myself, like, but I didn't like, why do you want? And, and my point is like that energy is not going to be everyone, but just because you will encounter people like that, you can't walk around feeling that way. So have good, have bad to me is like, I think you're thinking about what it's supposed to be. We're under the impression that the law is supposed to be neutral. That's it's supposed the, to be. It's supposed right. to be neutral, but it's but because it's created by man and man is not neutral, it therefore it cannot be neutral regardless of what it says. You still got to deal with people deal with how people interpret that law too. So like we, I mean that's we got to get over that those we got to get rid of those rose colored glasses about what the law is supposed to be or what the law is appears to be like. Let's be honest. There's a bias. I only say it's in the middle, though, because if we're looking at things like I live in a small place, right? And my son is a one of, 
he's like one of two black kids at his school or in his class right there are not a lot of people that look like me from here there's like one major family and then everybody else is in the military so that's a different treatment than the rest of us right but every interaction that I have had with a police officer here in this place for the last 10 years, whether it be here, El Paso, or in Las Cruces, I have not had those experiences. But I'm not saying that those experiences don't exist, right? I'm saying that sometimes those are isolated incidences that get blown up in the media because they're trying to distract us from something else. Not that they're not important, but I think that sometimes they, this they is- put those things out there. Because if you look at it, we don't they don't give us an accurate depiction of how many uh latinx americans are shot and killed by cops it's interesting to me when you look at the amount of people in this like that's a question in and of itself like this country opposed to a lot of other countries that are like first world i hate that phrase but we kill like our police kill way too many people period right the the thing about it is it's about accountability but it's not about just police people to realize this whole black lives matter movement did not even start from a police related incident it happened when George Zimmerman got off for killing Trayvon Martin. The point was, when this stuff happens, it seems that at the hands, when Black people are killed by at the hands of other Black people or POCs, that generally, generally justice is served. People are always like, Black people kill a lot of people. And when they do, and they get caught, most of NAS up in jail. But when it's a white person, or, you know, I say a I say, um, I don't like, like the term white passing, but a white passing person generally, like George Zimmerman, who wasn't white, but they, it's, there's a different energy towards it. Like he was allowed, and I've said this on the show before, which I didn't know, he was allowed to sell the murder weapon for like $2,500, dollars $250,000. The fact that somebody wanted to buy it for one, but then he was, he was allowed, he was not only allowed to murder this young man, get off, then capitalize off of it time and time again. He's and we don't and we don't get times. right and people don't say black lives matter about police it's like that's the crazy thing about like this whole police thing is like police weren't even like the initial spark of this i'm sure it happened before i'm not saying they weren't but like it wasn't the initial thing so to me it's like when you look at the whole thing it's not even just about police interaction that's looking at like one part of the whole puzzle it's the whole system i was talking to somebody today and they were talking about how black people commit more violent crimes and i stress i said black people are convicted of more violent crimes that's a, and the only way you could say commit is because you, the only way you can get those statistics. And he said he went to arrest records. And I said, even if you went straight, strictly on arrest records, you have to consider the fact that black people are over policed. Like, of course, they're going to be arrested more. That's where they go to arrest people. You can go to the FBI's website and see the correlation between um, interracial violence or convictions. Like when people bring up like black on black crime. Sure, I mean, but you know, most of us live in proximity to other people of the same race as us. So yes, black on black crime is high, but the white on white crime is just as high. It's just as comparable. So like things like that, like if you're gonna use those statistics, like go ahead and read the whole whole graph from the FBI website. Like you're saying, ninety ninety three percent of all crime is color on color. Right. It's not. I'm. I'm more than likely to do something in my community than I am to go out somewhere else and go do it. Because I feel like I know, well, if I need to get away, it's easier for me to go. All right, well, I know these streets, so I can hit this way and go there and go there and besides me going out. So that's the reason why. And 
Y'all already know my spell on black on black crime, so I'm not even gonna get into that. I actually don't. Right, I don't either. Oh, y'all don't. No, black on black crime is some bullshit. That's some. That's something that's made up. It's not because we don't. We don't say white on white crime. We don't say Asian on Asian crime. We don't say nothing like that. It's just the black on black crime is what we harp on. There's a story like it's crazy because I thought we were about to all side eye you up, Aaron. No, no, no. I didn't think so. I think I thought. Well, I only had. I've only met Aaron twice, so like. I figured that. I figured he was gonna say what he said. It's interesting though because when you look at it, there's this narrative to really like really support the idea that black people are just unruly, unmanageable X Y Z, right? And that 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 supports that theory. And that's why you have like that's why people don't get when people say like, oh, you're you don't act like other black people. Why that's racist? Because it's basically saying that it buys into that narrative that and it, and it's not any POs like. We just did racial stereotypes. We all have those. The reason some some of those stereotypes are more harmful is because, like specifically that one, it 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 connects people to this idea that black people are unmanageable, unviolent, and that that creates Karenism. It's That's the model minority myth too. <laughs> yeah, that whole it, it creates a lot of stuff. Like you can't, and you know, it's crazy because. It's just one of those things that when I'm, and I guess that's what, to bring it back to the George Floyd thing, when, when I'm watching this trial, I'm just like, you know, of course they have to do the trial. We know they have to do the trial. They have to go through the motions. Where really, the thing about it is, the way they be pushing deals, I would think somebody would have been like, you need to take a deal. Now, when you don't take a deal and you go to trial, they generally give you a harsh, if you lose, a harsher sentence, Right. He doesn't he ain't even lose. He, ain't he doesn't, and I'm just looking at it like, bro, he don't think he's gonna, he doesn't have a, he doesn't look like he has a care in the world. Like, he's just like, all right, he's sitting in the courtroom taking notes, and, you know. And I'm just like, wow, he's really doing business. Like, it's just another day at the office. You know, and, I, and I, it's just, it's crazy to me. It's like, I'm watching all these people give these testimonies. Every single person on the stand is in tears. This affected them that much that even recounting, all of them are racked with guilt because they didn't do enough. That that young lady who recorded it is the reason, you know what I'm saying? Like she was too young to have to do it. There's, there's people there who are on the witness stand who are too young to testify on camera, but they were young enough to witness this murder. And they're all wrought with guilt. Like the man who called the police, I don't know if he called the police, but the cashier who recognized the counterfeit $20 bill, he's sitting on the stand just like, tore up like i wish i had just paid his because I, I offered to pay it and instead i told my boss and i wish i never told my boss i wish i just paid it and let it, and i'm gonna look at that but the dude the even the firefight like everybody's so distressed but the dude who actually did it won't even admit that he did anything wrong right that the, i was i was look i didn't i haven't been able to really like sit and watch because that's too much trauma watching for me mm-hmm. um but just the I was looking up on some of the stuff that the firefighter said. This is, like, she was on the scene, and, like, she's like, hey, firefighter, like, EMT. Like, I can, like, is he responding? (laughs) And they're pretty much denying her the opportunity to save a life for whatever reason. Like, she's going through the accounts of, like, I could tell that he was, what'd she say, an altered consciousness. Like, she's clearly seeing the signs of, like, this person is clearly in distress, and might not make it, and I, there are things that I know that I can do to, to help prevent this from getting worse, and I'm being stopped from doing it, like, and just, like, the guilt that she felt from, like, not being able to do more, and, like, she, 
she's probably the one that probably could have done the most. A lot so. of them could have done. Like the crazy thing is, like, so I'm not gonna harp on this because it's it's heavy. But yeah. does anyone else want to comment on this before we move to our next topic? No. A little lighter, our next topic, a little lighter. It's controversial. So, Sweetie and Quavo broke up recently. If you don't know who Sweetie and Quavo is, Sweetie's a rapper. She raps. What is she saying? Best friend. Got my own bad, bad, bad. And then she's saying tap, 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 and wrist on thinner. Waste eating in there. You know, like all this stuff. So, she had a song on, on the Birds of Prey soundtrack. Look, whatever. I enjoyed that soundtrack. Don't do me like that. I'm side iron Rakia. Okay. That was a great movie. So, it was a good I, I, movie. I the, soundtrack. Soundtrack. the soundtrack is great. Thank Not you. The soundtrack. Conti- yes, continue. Okay, good. so in addition, and at this point, it might get loud in here, but I'm gonna bring in our um other panelists who snuck in. Oh, well, maybe they're not ready. Maybe they're not ready. Okay, I wait for you. Okay, okay. They ready. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready, ready, ready. Mo, hello. I figured I'd bring you in on this one because I know you're going to have a, a comment. Oh, hi. Hey, sorry about that. Having a little bit of technical difficulties. That's what happens when you're traveling in the middle of nowhere. You know how that goes. It happens. Hi, everyone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, essentially, after they, they broke up, but after they broke up, a, a video came out of them in an altercation in an elevator. And, you know, as soon as everybody heard altercation in the elevator, we all had a flashback. Everybody flashed back to Beyonce, to Beyonce and, and Solange when she tapped that right. Okay, so sometimes you're gonna show, I'm gonna show a little bit of the video and then we'll talk. Oh, no, 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 it's not the whole video. I gotta start it over. I gotta start from the beginning. This is the most important part to me. Not the most important, but just watch. Right there. Bow. Right? Okay. So let's discuss. The reason I want to discuss this is because I've had, there's been so much controversy around it. First of all, we don't condone domestic violence in any way, shape, or form. But there's been an argument about like whether he was out of line because, you know, you know, he put he didn't hit her, like he didn't strike her. But the fact that they were physically, you know, um, engaged with each other, and I guess he, he being the the male in the situation, should have disengaged. But everyone's saying, with well, in the video we see her swing first, so it's not really his fault. This and the third, and so I guess there's been a lot of this conversation happening. First of all, I want to normalize, and the one thing I'm most disgusted by, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna use that word, this idea that people are like, oh, that's just black love. I've actually seen that on the internet. No. <laughs> Let's normalize that black love is not violent love at all. Like, no, we don't have to fight all the time just because we're both black and we in love. Like, no, if we fight like that, there's I don't want to do that at home. Like, right. and some people that's 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 what they're that's that's and I'm just like, look, that's not healthy. And if that's what y'all do, but let's not make that like black love. So, so said that needs therapy. Whoever right. said needs therapy. Yes. So I want to have a conversation basically about how we feel about what happened. Do we feel like he was wrong? She was wrong. They were both wrong. I know how I feel, but I'm going to open up the floor. If anyone would like to start. I'll go first. As a mother with a son, if a female 
puts her hand on my son and he walks away and then she comes back. <laughs> not take her out. Ooh. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying go to work, but <laughs> at, at a certain point, you have a right to defend yourself because that's not fair for us to teach our sons that. Period. Black, white, whatever. That's not fair for us to teach our sons to not be able to defend themselves because I right. have an aunt, God rest her soul, who was given dudes work. Okay? <laughs> I mean, straight Mike Tyson, Holyfield in a heyday working people. She was a bouncer at a club giving the business. Okay? And so if she were to attack a man, that's a fair fight. You feel what I'm saying? So no, I am not allowing that to be a pass. Now, it's I from what I saw, he didn't like hit her. He tried to, it looked like he was de-escalating the situation, like chill. Whatever you're trying to do, chill. Okay. But I got if it's self-defense, one hit, that's it. <laughs> I I so I, I kind of disagree with that because you know uh, there is a, a thing where you know got a lot of guys in most cases they're stronger than their um, uh, counterparts so I, I think maybe he should have had a little bit more restraint but then again I haven't we we don't know exactly the full story of what happened yeah because we we, we definitely caught the got, middle of the altercation or or closer to the end from the looks of it because it was like right. he finished it when he tackled that ass to the ground so um and also when is this timeline did this happen is this the this happened a year ago oh this, this happened, happened a year, a year ago. ago yeah Okay, so even after that, she actually had a statement that came out today. I'm sorry to cut you off. She had a statement that came out today, basically saying like that happened a year ago, and we totally got past that. It was other things that led to our breakup, but yeah, that's what she said. I paraphrase. I mean, if that's the case, then you know, if I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna side with how she how she felt about it, because at the end of the day, they're no longer together anyway, so it's kind of a moot point. Uh, it's just, you know, optics just didn't look too good at the end of the day. And uh, unfortunately, that's just the also that's the uh, price of stardom. When you're out, you never know who's watching you. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of have to always be on your best behavior. And, you know, hopefully in the future, he'll um, a little bit more restraint when he's uh, especially when he's with a mate uh, in a romantic sense. Danny, you were trying to say something? Convenient. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I, Danny, Danny was trying to hop in right before Mo began. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, when it comes to a question of defending yourself, everyone has a right to defend themselves. I agree. Everyone has a right to defend themselves. I don't care if it's a four-year-old coming at you and you're a big old man. You got the right to defend yourself. But that said, you defend right yourself. <laughs> you defend yourself to the least level of force you can right so like okay. if a four-year-old's coming at you you don't like lay him out you just kind of grab his hands and just kind of hold him back and be like where's this kid's mom you know like that's defend yourself um so in a lot of cases where there's where you know we talk about the difference between a man and a woman in an altercation a lot of times it's because you're just you are more powerful and so you don't need to you know even if even if a, a woman's coming at you fist swinging uh, I've had that happen to me before, and and I've just grabbed hands and flipped them around and tried to hold them. And if they kept struggling, I maybe try to get them down and then back off, right? Because 
I'm not going to get hurt in this altercation unless they produce a weapon, so I don't need to hurt them. That's not true. If I'm there's, saying, there are women I'm, that can Well, but it's so that's a different up. thing, right? right? So no, if there's a woman honest. that comes at there's me and she's like, she's hit me with bricks quick. and she's pulled out knuckles and stuff, well, I'm fighting for my life now, right? That's what I mean. Right. But you, you, you assess the level of risk, and then you apply only that level of defense. You know, that's. T, not T, Michelle, and then and then PJ. All I was going to say was that I think it's so mighty convenient that this video is coming out at the right time now. of their breakup. And it's like you see this time and time again with celebrities, and I'm just like... What do you think it means? And now we're talking about it in this little discussion here for everyone to have content to talk about. That's all I'm going to say. You think it's like a publicity thing? Who got an album? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I mean, I can't really, I can't really, I can't really argue that. I do think it is. I, I, I agree. It's very the timing. Of I just it think very... it's disgusting that we're taking moments and just unhealthy habits like this and blowing it out of proportion to capitalize it. I think that's disgusting. But of course, we're focusing on the whole domestic violence kind of thing right, right here. Right, right. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hop off now. So that's it. Okay, but I mean, that's fair. That's that's, that's fair. Uh, PJ, you know, we're talking a lot about uh, physically defending ourselves or, you know, should somebody be able to do that? But what about the question, like from, from a relationship standpoint, are, are these two people good for each other? Should they be together? And if so, you know, why is nobody talking about counseling to address a, a much deeper issue? Right. I mean, they're not together anymore. I think, I think it's crazy because, um, Literally, the the outward presentation of their relationship seems so perfect. You know, that's a, another thing that I think is an important takeaway from this for people. And I saw somebody say this on social media too. Like, don't compare your relationships to not just celebrity relationships, anything that you aren't privy to, because you never know. Like, we thought like, oh, she just caught him cheating and was not having it. But now you're finding out, no, their relationship was tumultuous and they just were protecting it well enough to where we couldn't know. And so it, it, that's a great point about knowing when to ask for help and when to go to counseling and do all of those things. That's an excellent point. I thought Aaron had something to say. Oh, yeah, man, I got a lot to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in no way, shape or form do I support domestic violence. Um, however... What I saw from him was a case of he was more than like he was he was more so protecting himself than hitting her back or um trying to get one on her. Mm -hmm. And she was more she was more so the aggressor in the whole in the in, in this altercation. Mm -hmm. Um but at the same time I kind of agree with what Danny was saying, where it's the meet it with equal or lesser force. So, no, he didn't have to throw her on the ground, but that was in the heat of the moment kind of thing. Um, because if you've seen before, he was trying to get to the elevator and she wouldn't let him. He was literally trying to walk past her, get to the elevator, and she grabbed him and said no and threw his bag in the elevator. Um, at that point, he said, fuck it. You get in the elevator with me then. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I mean I mean if if I'm attempting to to 
to defuse the situation by trying to get to my destination and you're stopping me, well, fuck it. And and, and that's what I see in there. But I have to say, the fact that he didn't throw a punch back at her was a big thing, especially. Are we congratulating that, though? No, 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 no. no. I'm not done yet. Let me finish. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because I've we've seen the Ray Rice situation in the elevator. Right. We've seen worse. And we've seen the Salon situation in the elevator. We've seen all these different things. Um, and I'm not congratulating him for not hitting her. Yeah, he probably could have went to another elevator, but then she also had his shit. So it's like, well, shit. Um but I'm wondering though, like, what could there not have been a situation where because I'm very much about boundaries, and so like if they're leaving via the elevator and if she's stopping him from leaving, could he not have just left without her? It wasn't him leaving without her. If if you see in the video, he's trying to walk past her, like, fuck it. I'm just getting in the elevator and she stopped him. So basically I'm saying he didn't have to throw her in the elevator with him. Well, he could have exited a different way. He could have made sure that she well, didn't she get in the elevator. Or... In there. She like she literally right, but he's also yeah. a millionaire. Yeah, so... uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, this is gonna sound real trivial here, but I am an actor and I am little. Okay, I am five one, and at my best, at my fighting best, I'm like one hundred and twenty. Now I got some COVID weight, so maybe I can take a little bit more pulling and pushing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I'm still little. And I've actually had an incident of a roommate getting violent with me. And I had people there getting my back. And all I did was try to de-escalate. And I touched his hand because that is a comforting situation for me. And I know him. And he reacted violently and he pushed me. Now he did not mean to push me into the brick wall which then I bruised, but I'm little. So Mm -hmm. just that momentum was enough to make it look real violent to the people around me. And I, you know, and, and I was at that point, like, that's my line, you know, no, no pushing, no, none of that. I'm not even going there. I'm not going to punch you. You're not going to see me. And, um, so like, I'm not saying, I, I kind of agree with Michelle. This was a year ago. We don't know the ins and outs of their interior relationship. It looked like he was trying to act with restraint. They didn't file any reports. You know, she didn't go to the hospital. But as a little person, was it, does it look violent? Is it like in hockey when someone takes a a dive? It looks more violent than the check was. Um, You know, as the referee, if there was someone in there, a third party to say that's what happened. Um, But I, I agree, you know, with Michelle, this is like dissecting you know, 20 seconds and, and how long have we been talking about it? You know, it's just, it's a lot. Cause we to don't me, know. You're yeah. right. To me, I'm, and now I feel, I feel like I'm getting read by um, Ami and, and Michelle a little bit. So <laughs> I, the reason it was important for me, cause I actually wasn't, I was going to talk about this on Sip and Kiki, which is Sunday nights at 10, but I wanted to talk about the, um, the aspect of it about questioning like the whole idea about how to handle these situations. Cause I personally feel like, like I've had a woman put her hands on me. Right. And I got scrutinized for how I handled it. So the story was we were in rehearsal for something. Me and her were like really great friends. And I don't know what happened, but she was mad. And she just ran toward me screaming. And she's like, you know, and she gave, there was enough space. So by the time she got to me, she jumped. I don't know why she jumped. Like she was gonna just do and fuck me up, right? But I caught her in the air, right? And then I just did like this. <laughs> but she hit the ground really hard. And everyone's like, 
Durier. And I'm like, and I was sitting there like, what? I didn't, I don't even, that happened so fast. I didn't, so, but I felt horrible about it because I was like, yeah, I mean, as the dude in that situation, I, I should have handled it better. So I just think it is an interesting thing because we want to avoid violence at all costs, in my opinion. Like, if, you, if you're not in danger, let's just try to avoid violence. But sometimes that doesn't happen. What do you do? Because as a person, especially as adults now, I don't buy that whole women can't hurt me in a fight. I don't buy that. No. <laughs> and plus, I was in the military, so I know women can fuck you up if they want to. So, Maybe. hey, so I'm just saying, like, it's just an interesting thought to me. It's just like, you know, and it's interesting that you're seeing this. What I do like about the conversation that I'm seeing is there were a lot of people who I feel like were just justifying it because they were, you know, they wanted to justify whatever. But there was a lot of people just holding them both accountable. And that is the refreshing part. There's a lot of people who are just saying, like, this is not cool. This is not what we need to be seeing. Like, this is not what a relationship should be. I'm glad they're broken up because if this is what was going on and this was only the beginning of their relationship, who knows? Because they just got together like less than a year or maybe a little bit more than a year ago. So a lot of and that that is encouraging to hear that conversation going on about like, it's good that they didn't stay in this toxic relationship. Let's not they're throwing shots at each other now. But that goes back to what Michelle said about um about publicity and stuff. But it is good that that's the conversation about healthy relationships and staying in those and not the opposite. It seems okay. like, yeah, the justification of the reason they're yeah. not together is because look at this a year ago. This is what the start of their relation was like. Don't Fans don't wonder why they're not together. It's because of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's terrible. Not PJ? to mention the cheating, allegedly. Wait, wait, hold up. PJ, I'm sorry, Mo. PJ was trying to say something. I'll go to you. Two quick points. One, I think we're, we're trying to, to rationalize, you know, irrational behavior that's being done in the heat of the moment. Duria, your example of, of shoving your, your friend entirely too hard is, is you know, that's, that, that is a very difficult thing to do. Um, and the fact that we're talking about controlling, um, like, levels of force when we're discussing civilians as opposed to the last topic we were just talking about. Um, and then the other thing that's really sad is now that I'm thinking about it, that, that a lot of these young celebrities are, are allowed to act like this at their own detriment. You know, to extreme cases, you have people who like Michael Jackson or Britney Spears that nobody was around to guide them through this and say, this is not proper. This is not good for you. And what happens if they, if they keep doing this, it screws them up. That's it. Hmm. Uh, Mo, and then we're going to move to one more topic before we head into our uh, our summit. Oh, no, it wasn't. I, I, I was just, uh, you know, giving my, you know, quick uh, rebu- rebuff to what uh, was being stated. Okay. I didn't have any real comment. Yeah, that's all okay. it was. You know how the quick, you know, the quick. Yeah, a little, you know, just a little jump in real quick. Got you, got you. You know, it's a little right. case, you know. So <laughs> a voter suppression bill was recently passed in Georgia. And um, in addition to like literally all of the things, we're not gonna talk, we're, I'm just gonna highlight, voter suppression bill was passed. There was a, a legislator, not a legislator, but um, an official, a government official who wanted to know what was happening when the bill was being signed by the governor, literally knocked on the door and got arrested. Is she out? She was actually a represent. she's actually a, a state, she's representative. state representative. She's a state representative. Yeah, Park Cannon, yeah. So she's out now. Awesome, but she should have never been in custody anywhere. There's a lot of parallels made between what happened with her and what happened at the Capitol on the 6th. And let's be clear, people aren't talking about it. 
what happened at the Capitol in the 60s was not the first time that happened last year. There were two other times where a group of people with, with weapons walked into a government building, destroyed it, and nobody was arrested. And in one of the times, like they, they were also beating the press. But this woman got arrested. And the voter suppression bill in itself is problematic. What I want to talk about is there's since then, we can talk about all that, but I'm just also adding this new part. Since then, there's been a push by certain CEOs of companies in Georgia that have basically, and they're all black, and they're basically saying, like, we need to use our corporate power to show everyone that we don't stand by this bill. And they called out a lot of the companies that support GOP members in Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. One of the companies most specifically being Coca-Cola. If you're from Georgia, you know you that's how they say it in Atlanta, Coca-Cola. Mm. Um, Coca-Cola. I'm from Atlanta, I never said Coca-Cola. You, but you don't heard somebody say Coca-Cola. That sounds more country than anything. I've never heard anybody my grandma say, say Coca-Cola. We don't, we don't do, we don't do right. My grandma says Coca-Cola. Duray, Duray, give me a Coca-Cola. That's a thing. That's Wait, a did you say Duray? If anything, my granddad calls me Duray. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say. Maybe that. that's what it is. Your granddad calls you Duray. That's why they say get Coca-Cola. I'm pretty sure my mom <laughs> named me, not my granddad. I'm just, but I'm wow. saying what they called you, right? What they called you just said my granddad called me. <laughs> no, my Duray. granddad calls me Duray. See? My grandma calls me Duray, and she's the one that says Coca-Cola. Okay. Okay. So mm, anyway, so we are so off topic. Coca Cola, Coca Cola, the CEO of that company right there. You started it. He, he was <laughs> called out. I know, right? He was called out, and I saw him on the news recently. I forget which news outlet it was, but anyway, I saw him on the news. He got on there and said that he's fully against this voter suppression bill. That he stands against of it, and that he will do whatever he needs to do. He said he already was, they were already against it in private, but he says now that he's been called out, he'll make sure that his efforts are also seen publicly. And the reporter lady, nice, you know, Caucasian lady, she goes, but what does that look like? Great. Come on, follow She goes, but what does that look like? And (laughs) I was like, ooh, when she said it, she said, what does that look like? Are you going to put your money, like, I mean, for back of a better term, your money where your mouth is? Like, you Mm -hmm. support a lot of these. Blah blah blah. Are you gonna pull your money from him? And he said, "Well, uh, 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 uh." uh, 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 uh he, yeah. he answered yeah. it. I kind of lost. I kind of stopped paying attention when he started talking, but he answered it. But um, so go check out that interview. I'm sure you can Google it. It's like six minutes. It's not that long. So I want to know what we think about that. Like Stacey Abrams basically said, you know, don't boycott Georgia. No, don't boycott Georgia. However, hold these people that are supporting these GOP people, like. And that are doing stuff like that because that's not there's another voter suppression bill that just passed in texas too and voter suppression in most of the states that have like voter suppression bills are all red states or generally red states and that's saying something like once again i've heard it like 80 times if you were doing your job correctly you would want people to vote for you you would want people to go to the polls because you're doing your job right you wouldn't have nothing to worry about but it's not about doing your job right. It's about maintaining power so you can do whatever mm-hmm. you want, which is put more money back into your pockets. Like, it, that's a whole nother, I'm like on a tirade. So I'm going to open it up. Let's talk about the voter suppression bill. Let's talk about the corporate involvement. Let's talk about all of that stuff. Who wants to go first? I feel like PJ. I got go it. Do you want to go first, PJ? Um, no. Okay. okay. Quick, quick question. Right. PJ just okay. quiet, so I'm just trying to, but go ahead, Mo. Okay, so with the... Uh, Brittany, SB we see you in the comments. Let us know what you think, too. 
Everybody in the comments, let us know what y'all think. Go ahead, Mo. Was SB202, you know, it's basically a crock. Um, they reduced the amount of days uh, for absentee um, ballots down to 11 days. Plus, it made it illegal for anyone other than yourself to drop your uh, absentee ballot off at the ballot box. Also, to top it off, they took the power out of the Secretary of State's hands a little bit as far as, um, and also can take, um, pull power from any elected, uh, well, I'm sorry, election official that is there. So that's another problem. Like, okay, why is this all of a sudden coming up? Then to top it off, uh, well, no, there's still more. Uh, you got in the bill where they changed the hours for voting, where it's between the hours of 9 to 5, when it used to be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at these precincts. You reduce the amount of precincts that are uh, polls that are open. So basically, people are going to be standing in line even longer, which there were in some cases as much as eight hours, eight to 10 hours standing in line just to vote. And uh, and with the absentee ballot uh, boxes, they're inside the building, no longer outside of the building. Um, Which opens you up to intimidation. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's the irony. People think that with the absentee ballots, that this was a uh, thing that's been around for, you know, decades. No, ma'am. That bill, the the absentee ballots uh, was... The restrictions were loosened back in 2005 when the Republicans uh, completely took over as far as the state uh, legislature and and um, the governor um, office of the governor, uh, because at that point, that was when Sonny Perdue took office. Mm-hmm. So. The only reason why absentee ballots were were um, opened up because they realized at that point that more Republican voters did absentee ballots. But this last election by the last president, who, uh, lack of a better term, was not savvy when it came to uh, getting people out to vote. He basically told people, "Don't vote; it's rigged. Don't get any back uh, absentee ballots; it's rigged." Because he knew that due to COVID. <laughs> more Democrats were going to be using that option. And particularly since most of the country had that option, they were like, okay, that's why the Democrats are using it. So you have that going on. And I think the most insidious part of this bill, it basically stated that people are not allowed, volunteers are not allowed to give water and food to people that have been standing in line now, for now, eight to 10 hours. It's this anyone, is where right? I have to jump not in. Not just volunteers, anyone, no, right? Well, this anyone. is where I want to jump in really quick. volunteers. Now, now here here's the thing here's the thing everything that is in this bill the because the, there are parts of it that are tricky it's wordplay right the water thing you dig up do a little research dig a little deeper they're not making it to where you can't what they said if, if you want to give people water what you have to do is set up a water station for people to freely go and get water on their own but they're they're trying to uh, they're trying to say that people are using things to bribe for votes and that it's means you can't give, right, you can't give, they're trying to make it to where you cannot approach anybody in line at all and approach them with anything, even if it is something as simple as water. But my point okay. is this, and my point is this, the reason I bring that up, because even if you take that out, even if you accept, okay, fine, y'all just, y'all don't want, that, fine, water stations. However, the point of this bill is to restrict absentee ballots because they got their asses kicked in this last election because of absentee ballots. It's all just a... Like you put 25 things in the bill and then you put the one that you really want in there, right? So then when you want to ask me about the bill, I'm going to list all of the good things about the bill and it's going to make it seem like it's 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 a good thing. It's a pleasant thing. Don't be fooled by it. Like even with the way that they've wordplayed it in there, 
yeah, okay, you can't give water. Oh, but then, but you can't do a water station. That's how they're gonna play this whole thing. No, that's how they're gonna. Uh, that's how they're gonna play the whole that's thing. That's but that's the, how they're gonna play the whole thing. It's already electioneering cannot happen within a larger circle. Then you cannot I mean, hand out water. So they restricted a circle because they're like people are bribing with water. Which I gotta say, if you were a majority of American of a majority of Georgians, right? Had we went blue, y'all? We went blue because we actually believed in the election process so when they're trying to say the majority of georgians don't believe in the election process no no we were like no we voted we voted for these two people and we voted for this person we voted for this person and um not only i mean the water i think you're right i think the water thing is a red herring because it's not only about making absentee ballots harder you also now have to continue counting you cannot break so once you start counting the election poll workers have to keep counting. Overnight, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Don't I mean that's just ridiculous? Like you know, it's 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 a matter of of, and I don't mean to get loud on on the on the on the internet here, but no, no, no. <laughs> it is like it's that's enough. It's enough to make it frustrating, yeah. obviously. And the most right. for me, the most insidious thing is the one that I want to do, y'all. I am going to stay within the bounds of that law. Sure, go ahead, pass out water. But what I'm going to start doing is taking advantage of the fact that now any private Georgian citizen can go and say, I don't think that ballot is right. I don't think that person has a right to vote and challenge any That's vote. That's the in part. The, state. the un unlimited. So y'all, I'm, I'm declaring it now. I'm traveling along Alabama and Florida, all those little tiny counties. And I'm just going to be like, nope, that person doesn't live here. Nope. I saw them drive over to Alabama. Nope. <laughs> and let's, I'm just staking okay. them out. And that's the part of the I can do that. That's another one that of the things that the they have in there. That's the anonymous. worst part of it. You can do it anonymously. That's the worst part of it is the un unlimited ability to challenge a vote. Unlimited. Right. Which means that for any reason, I don't like your hair. I can challenge your vote. Like, I don't even have, like, unlimited challenging. And anonymously, and anonymously. You don't even get that's to. that's the big risk. You don't even get to say, hey, you know what? I want to confront my this witness, this against me. Nope. It's anonymous. Right. <laughs> now, that is the, that, now, that's the real thing that they're going to use um, in the next election. However, I know you said that, oh, the water thing is a red herring. Not exactly, because if you get within that 150 feet, you're technically getting out of line. And if you get out of line, you don't get to vote. So, oh, man. It's, yeah. it's, so, it's, but, it's well, traps everywhere. It is. But it's, so, it's a 25-foot I mean, gonna... circle now for the water. No, no. If you read, if you read the bill, it's a ninety-six page bill. It's one hundred and fifty feet. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, it's too late. <laughs> so it's a, it's a devil in the details, or it's angel in the details. However you uh, think about it. But um, water I, the lot. no. You know what we're gonna do? <laughs> but you know, black folks is when they go today when they get their Sunday buses to come to vote, they go come in with their own sack lunch. Where they gonna have their water bottles and, and they little it. sandwiches? They don't know. And we, Listen, and, and, let me tell well, you. They don't know. They don't like, have. Somebody gonna have little chicken wings. Some they gonna have some chips, this, this sandwiches, okay. Coca-Cola, Coca-Colas, and ice. This, this, look, if one thing we know how to do as a people is 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 refreshments. Refreshments. We know how to refresh. 
and furthermore, I mean, you know, I, I implore people, please, it will behoove you if you're able to take off work that day, even to do um, early voting, please do. Just, you know, just to go ahead and get it out of the way because they're coming. Son, uh, David Perdue has already filed paperwork to run in the next uh, regular uh, Senate election, which is next year because um, trying to he's running for Luffler's old seat, right? He's going for Warnock's seat because it's currently Warnock. Right. That that uh, the last election was a special election because Loughner was appointed right. due to Johnny Oxenson um, becoming very ill. So the following election cycle, they had a special election basically to get for the rest of Isaac Isaacson's term. So that's ending next year. So Raphael Warnock has to once again rise to occasion in order to you know be able to have that opportunity to go back up to the U.S. Senate. And unfortunately, when there's times uh, when we uh, come together. There is going to be a backlash of the of uh, and try to use fear and an intimidation in order to stop people from voting. So I implore you, take that time to vote. Let your voices be known, and don't let it just be for just the the national elections. Vote for the Secretary of State. Vote for the Public Commissioner. Vote for your local uh, alderman. Lo vote for your student the the, stu uh, the school boards. Vote for all of it because I nine times out of ten. No, no, school, school boards. Because nine times out of ten, and, and also find out ways to run for those offices. Because a lot of cases with these smaller um, positions, they're running unopposed. So if you really want to put the screws to them to show that they need to be accountable to the people and not um, to the corporations, which is basically what's been happening for the last forty years, yeah, vote. And also apply for those positions. You know, do the research, get in there, and do what you got to do, people. I'm done. <laughs> Excellent. Um, these other two, we usually do a lightning round. I'm going to kind of speak on them, but they're not as one of them is. And I don't know how long we're saying that. So one, Jimmy Fallon had this young lady on her on, on his show recently. And there's been a lot of controversy oh, no. about her. She is a super, uh, she is a, what do they call them? Social media, whatever. TikTok and she got on there. Influencer. She's a TikTok influencer. And she got on there and they would hold up a card. And every time they hold up a card, she would do the TikTok dance. And there's been a lot of controversy because they were all black dances. And, you know, she was basically the picture of whiteness, right? And it's been, it's frustrating. And I actually got frustrated with Jimmy Fallon, to be honest. That's what frustrated me. It wasn't her because it's like, if, if Jimmy Fallon called me, I'm going, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going, period. I'm not mad at her. Like, she got an opportunity. She took the opportunity. I would have done it too. I'm mad at him. Like, as woke as he is, or as, as, as much as he talks about these things, I know, right? I would have thought he could have easily found a black TikToker. Who, he could have found the people who originated right, these they, dances. You could, right, that's the it, was, it wouldn't be that hard. He could have found, like, he could have easily found one of the people who originated the dance and had them come on and do that same thing. He could have brought on, like, each person to do the, he could have done a lot of things and put that out there, but it, it was just, it was very cringy to watch that segment. I couldn't. I watched the whole thing. I just watched very a little bit unseasoned. of it. It was. Very and what they crazy. did was they put it. They did a mirror thing. They did her dancing next to the creators of it, and it was very much that whole adage of like you know, twice as hard to get zero recognition. And it just it didn't it didn't even compare really. She looked was cute doing it, but when they showed the creators next to it, it's just like okay. So. If you're out there, like, and you really admire, like, a thing about another culture, you can admire it without necessarily having to put it on, for one. 
And you can also, um, like, especially when you're an artist, I get it, being inspired by other cultures, I get that. But there's a way to like give, there's a way to pay homage and there's a way to like bite. And I think that's a balance that you have to find as an artist. And I, I can understand how that can be difficult. Uh, yeah. I got a question. Okay, well, okay, okay, okay. So we're talking about this. All right, go ahead, Rakia. Okay. Well, no, I just, I just got a question. Well, Rakia is first. Rakia put her hand for No, oh, my I bad, my I, bad. I, I want to hear most questions because I might be able to answer it. Well, no, um, but the you, question is, is that did Jimmy Fallon know all those dances were ori uh, originated by black TikTokers? Because be I clear. have been here. I have been hearing in the peripheral that a lot of times TikTok have suppressed a lot of black TikTokers, mm -hmm. and when other, but when white people see it, they'll start doing it themselves, and all of a sudden they get boosted. Well, now, here's here's, it, here's my response to that. Here's my response to that. Or is it the greater concept of appropriation? Here's my response to that. He had one of the he one of the cards he held up was the up dance, right? Now I'm not. There's two of them on TikTok right oh, now. Oh, that's like. Yeah. There's, there, yeah, no, I'm saying the dance itself, there's two of them on TikTok. There's one that starts like this. I don't know who did that one. But the other one, his name is Sean Bankhead. And he's even like, you know, like, oh, he's yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know him. He could have literally had Sean Bankhead he's, up there yeah. to do those dances. And and my point is, like, he's a choreographer who's, who's like behind the scenes of like so many artists right now. He could have had him do it. And that's, that's but easier. My point is, it's not hard know, to find that out. Everybody knows that Sean Bankhead did that dance. Every, literally, everybody knows Sean Bankhead did okay, that dance. Okay, but my point is saying all it took was a yeah, little research. Yeah, if you're in the community, it took a little research. But if a little you're research, it took a little research for him to find out. I hear you, Mo. I hear you. If you're in the community in the sphere of influence, then you would know. But yeah, right. I mean, but like, but as, as go ahead, Mo. go ahead, Mo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay, so like, like even go back to that point. They're like, you can go on TikTok. You could click on the sound because a lot of a lot of the time they're doing the his his vocalizations and you can see what that original video is when you click up the search for it. But the biggest thing with the thing with Jimmy Fallon is that we had a whole thing like a year and a half ago about the creator of the Renegade dance that was also on TikTok and mm -hmm. the fact that the the young black woman based in Atlanta w wasn't getting any credit. For this dance that everyone was doing uh, but these two white girls on tiktok who just happen to do it too or make or make getting you know tv deals uh sponsorships branding lots of money for taking this work that they didn't get they didn't credit and so people started calling them out for it mm -hmm. So that's, that's, we're repeating right. the same thing that's already been an issue. So the fact that Jimmy Fallon did this after we've already had the situation where the girl that, that created Renegade was finally getting some shine for creating Danny this. Danny wants to and, go, I'm sorry. And credit, yeah, and credit. And you didn't think to go, the pool, like, we know that we've had an issue with TikTok creators not getting credit for their work. Why would you not go and find those TikTok creators and give them credit well, and put them on the show? Right, and then before I hand it to Danny, and you also have to consider this, like, this is not a new story. Like, and I want to say this, people of other cultures, I don't think it's that we care when it's, when we see someone else do something from our culture, it's that you're getting paid for it. And I can't even get in the door entry level. Right. And and you, that's the, you're not even just getting paid, you're getting 
Like you won't even add my TikTok handle for me to get credit. And I give me, you know, some the point is this is like that is such an old story to see it perpetuated by him. It, it is frustrating because this is like, you know, we we've had we've been telling the story over and over and over and over. Dang. I think we need to call out Jimmy Fallon's team also, by the way, not just Jimmy Fallon. Because at right. no point right. in the production, pre-production, anyone on Jimmy Fallon's team said Hold on a second. And right. that happens time and time again, too. So the whole team. Right. Danny? And and going, uh, kind of bouncing a little off that and everything else. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I can't fault a, a an artist or a creator for creating or for doing, putting their spin on something or, or what have you. And then even getting right. paid a lot, right? Um, as long as they are very cognizant about where it's coming from and 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 where that you know where they're getting their contributions i think in the TikTok sphere people just it's assumed that they know where it came from right because that's what happens is right these dances become viral right it's like a dance challenge and then and then addison ray because she's uh you know more popular she gets the most views and then she gets blown up and then she goes to jimmy fallon um but i agree 100 percent like the 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 way to go about it is to surround yourself with a team that's going to think of these things and do the research that you might not even know to do you know so like jimmy fallon has a team he has a full production team like so for for my comic i i'm trying to build diversity into that but that doesn't mean that just me i'm just going to write all these women and all these queer people and all these people of, of various you know backgrounds and ethnicities no i have people that i'm going to talk to and reach out to here's my script hey can you look at this and tell me if I'm representing these people, uh, these characters, if I'm representing diversity correctly? And, you know, hey, is this, does this seem too, um, you know, just, just like I'm just taking something and, and exploiting it? Or is this, you know, something that, that feels genuine? And I'm asking people that question. So it's, to me, it's, it's like I can't, I, I can never change who I am, but that doesn't mean I can't create things you know that that deal with other other issues besides just who I am, but it's I an inclusive collaboration, and, and people don't do that exactly. Enough. Yes, let alone they right, exactly. they assume it's free inclusive collaboration because that's still IP, and you need to give credit where credit is due, and sometimes that can be in the form of finance. Um, exactly. One more thing before like, we. In, um... in... I was just gonna say, and then add. Internet said no. Oh no! Um, oh. <laughs> he'll it's be back. to me all but night too. I was gonna no. say like, and it's it's interesting because I've also been watching like they there's this young lady who's doing hula. Is it hula? Not hula. I'm thinking uh, hula hoops. The Hawaiian dance. Yeah, oh. that's not what it's called, is it? I'm thinking now hula hoops is stuck in my head, and I know that's not what it's called. Is that what it's called? Oh lord. I don't the dance. I just, I just guessed. I don't know. I'm not in that genre. I don't know. I, I want to say culture. it right. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, America. The traditional Hawaiian dance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's say it's, that. Okay. It's okay. It's it is okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Because I'm over here like, oh my god, no. So <laughs> it's interesting because some of the creators. There's, a, there's a young, there's a Caucasian lady who's doing, you know, the the the, the dance. And everything. I need to stop imitating it. They're doing the dance, right? And then the responders are say, basically saying. Okay, cool. We're glad that you. Okay, thank you. We're glad that you like hula. However, no, you're doing it. First of all, you're only supposed to do hula if someone who actually like 
they have specific teachers. And if the teacher doesn't teach it to you, you're not supposed to do it because it's actually a religious dance. And mm-hmm. for you to be on TikTok just doing it to get views is insulting. And that's the thing about like when you, that means that you didn't even do any research into this thing. You know what I'm saying? You're from another culture. So I just think it's a part of the whole thing about like culture sharing. Yes, there is an invitation to culture share, but that doesn't mean unlimited and it doesn't mean it's always free. Like, like and I think that's a, a big part of it. Okay, right. the last hey, story. Sorry, hey, real quick, sorry about drop off. I was just going to say um, what yes, she right, could right. have done if she had thought about it. And I'm not blaming her for not thinking about it, but maybe, you know, this is something that we could kind of like say and say and say until people start thinking about it. Is she could have said, yes, Jimmy, I'd love to be on your show. However, well, all I, these dances come from this person, this person, this person. Let's have them come on the show. And then when I'm doing that dance, that person can come out too. We say who their name is, and this way they get that recognition as well. And if not, then maybe I'm, I'm not really into doing this. It, it just you know to but that comes through us in. teaching yeah you laugh mo because it's like but because for for her in her sphere of privilege i'm gonna be honest that would never occur to her right. yeah it just wouldn't right. occur to her but we have, to, we have to normalize number that number one that, that wouldn't number one it wouldn't occur to her because she's just worried about herself number two I, I don't know her but that's a good chance based on her sphere number two i'm pretty sure jimmy fallon's team is not going to be like oh yeah we got 10 dances so that means we got to bring on 10 extra people on top of her yeah right. you ain't that you ain't that famous mm-hmm. you could have showed the original tiktok video and called it a day while yeah, she was doing at it least too. even and that so that would have been fine too and just a little more that. research man right. i'm telling you like i've been talking to some of these trolls in some of these groups and they be saying stuff to me, and I'd be like, bro, just a little bit of research. I'm so t- Wait, another thing. Don't they gotta don't they gotta pay TikTok for that every time they put it on? I'm sure they do. Oh, so that's extra money, then not not necessarily. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Or but you know, sometimes know. sometimes they'll put the video on TikTok and on Instagram. Look, there's ways. There were avenues they could have took that they didn't take. And that was to me, it's it's lazy. Mm, so right. all right. So we're gonna move. I really want to talk about Lil Nas X, but we're out of time. Um Research oh, it. No, I know. Gonna... Listen, the thing about the little nice. I'm X sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. The so thing about the little nice X situation that I have to mention: Nike is suing him right now. Why? Because of those shoes. Now, here's my issue with that, which I didn't find out. It is actually very, very, very common for people to take Nikes, reconfigure them, and sell them, and they are very aware of this, but they only have a problem with his shoe. Now, the reason I have an issue with this, um, T came back so low. I, I, she was gone, so I was like, like no, nope. hey, you out. Here's, here, they were they, those were not Nike shoes. Yes, they were. They just took Nike shoes and reconfigured them, but they were originally Nike. They were customized, right? Which are they is a selling, thing. Are they selling, suing Lil Nas X, or are they suing the company that is? They're suing them both. I'm pretty sure okay. they're suing them both. Okay. But no, no, the no, point they're is, so, they're suing, I found out also that. Okay, I found that there were also some Jesus shoes that came out. Now here's 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 uh, we're about to get in trouble. Last year, it's they they want to they want to distance themselves from this you know other thing because of you know all the implications that Satanism had or whatever like. But I mean, if you really dig into Christianity, Christianity is, is, is a murderous religion too. So I mean, like we can dig into that and we can say for a lot of people when they look at that religion, it is negative. It is. It is negative. And so I feel like if you're going to stay out of the ring, stay out of the ring. Don't pick and choose what you're going to do. 
It is. There's a lot of people who look at that religion. I'm not saying everybody. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna have to apologize. There's a lot uh, of people who look at that religion. Yeah, we didn't get mad at them when they chose a side with Colin Kaepernick. So I mean, it's a company who did a side. Nike They're chose a right. side, and they chose Colin Kaepernick. They chose that side, right? We didn't get mad that we didn't say don't Nike choose a side. We said <laughs> we said yay. So I mean, it's a corporation. They I think these. Are, I, don't, I don't think these. I don't think the two. They, no, they can. I'm not. No, no, mad no. no, no. You're talking it. about choosing a side. That's all I'm saying. You're just. I'm just talking right, just right. about the part where you're saying choose a side or don't choose a mm -hmm. side, right? Like that's what okay. you're saying about the thing. So that's all that part is, is I'm saying, hey, look, they're a company. They're making decisions based off of the bottom line, which is the dollar bill. We all know that. So, mm -hmm. like, can I agree or disagree with a certain aspect of what they're doing? Yes and no. But it also, it's just, it just, it's about the zeitgeist of, of the country. Right now, right now, Nike stands to make more money if they distance themselves from Satan than if they distance themselves from Jesus. That's just the truth, you know? Right. So, so that's the decision they're going to go with. They're going to say, hey, look, if we, like, I would be surprised if it went really anywhere and, and, and it became a big deal more than just saying, hey, we're doing this, you know, just to say, just to be able to, to, to say we did it, right? But then... You know, I'd, I'd be interested to see like how far the trial actually goes. But at the end of the day, they're going to make it the decision that anywhere. is going to, <laughs> uh, that is that is going to, be the best for their bottom line. And Absolutely. for me, no. I guess I, I, if you're talking about choosing the side thing, like I, I hear you with that, but I don't think these are two comparable situations because I feel like when you're talking about religion and the history attached to it, and then the damage that both of those, like I can't even say both, the damage that can be done in that conversation, I feel like it's not comparable to this man deciding to take a knee and for police brutality versus people agreeing with police brutality. I don't think they're comparable. Yeah, the situations but are totally different, yeah. I, yeah. That's all, and so I feel like in this situation, especially, specifically because they've supported it everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? And they're doing it by pressure from people of, of, of said religion who they totally went with. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that they should be sued or should, I'm not saying any of that stuff. All I'm saying is just like, to me, it was interesting that they only had an issue with this when really a lot of the customers that they lost, they would have gained, they, they would have had a lot of support from the same thing anyway. If you ask me, there would have been a lot of people who were just well, like- no, I got to You think that, you think that their marketing that. department knows though. Their marketing department doesn't know. I mean, I can't, I'm not a marketing well, because, department head. But, because here's the thing, black you had black Christians that were saying that they were going to boycott Nike, even though it specifically says specifically, excuse me, says on there custom design Nike shoes. Mm -hmm. So, but all they saw was Nike, and they were like, we're going to sue. And they know the black communities basically is their uh, unofficial marketing team for Nike. So they're like, oh, okay, well, look, hey, hey, we're not with this. And they put out okay. a statement saying that we're, we're not associated with this at all. I and got apparently you. Apparently people still saying they were going to boycott. So that's why they were like, okay, we'll, we'll put this we got to the Maybe they'll just calm down. Yeah, so it's, and, and, the, and the suit, the thing about like the suit. Hello, the that's the part. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's the part. <laughs> Malia, the come truth. on now. That's um, the truth. All right. So, so, okay. Yeah. It's, oh man, you just, you just jumped my, my train right I off the track doubt there. It. I um, disagree with that comment. I, I'm I just know, saying that like there's, there's yeah, laws, In a there's, there's, there's laws around trademark and copyright and derivative works and what is art. And mm -hmm. so at the end of what the day, right. Nike, if they could, 
they would sue anyone who ever did something with their shoes, right? So what this tells me, but they could. This tells they me, uh, we don't. They, they, didn't. Every, they didn't. They could sue everybody. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, shoes. is I don't think they could have. I don't think they could have. I think they know that they would lose that lawsuit because it's because of the way copyright and trademark laws work and derivative so, right, art. Same and company. This, this same company. Okay. So, 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 no, just, just, just hear me out. Hear me out. So. What I'm saying is that suing Lil Nas X is not like a serious attempt at suing Lil Nas X for stealing their 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 proprietary uh, um, property. What it is, is it's a statement. They're going to sue. It's going to lose in court, but they could at least. Yes. So it's not hurting Lil Nas X. He's still getting more publicity. They can say but they it's going to it's make a statement to say we tried. I think it's right. very calculated. OK, absolutely. OK. I agree. I, that's what I was trying After to say. Hearing... I hope I didn't black out. <laughs> no, I mean, Did I agree. I that. Oh, okay. So we're actually, it's a great time. I agree. We're good on that. However, side note to all of that, T, did you want to say anything? Because you came back on screen. I know there's some stuff you want to say. I mean, I could hear y'all the, the whole time. I know, but you came back on screen, so I know that means you want to say something. <laughs> what I will say is, is that Nike has the right to sue whom they please. Um, they do. He, the same way, he has the right, whether I agree with it or not, to express his thoughts and ideas artistically in any way he sees fit. It's no different mm. than what Marilyn Manson did. And so no matter how much I disagree with what it is, I mean, when it all comes down to it, I can understand why Nike is like on our wing with that, regardless if they make Jesus shoes. It doesn't matter. Mm. This thing right here, when, when with that for whatever the reason if it's right. money motivated great because it still stops it still stops what's happening from occurring like if it's money motivated then let it stop people from putting drops of random people's blood who knows what like that stuff is real but you have to prove that to me no that stuff that is real but I mean, they're, I mean they said themselves that there were drops of blood in the, the shoes right I mean so, yeah like they're, from, they're from the workers shoes, within that factory <laughs> Look, we're going to tell him. We're going to tell him. Allegedly. Again, again, but all of that, that stuff is real. It is, oh, Satanism is a real religion. And they, I mean, there is. is many, many a video you can find on PJ, make all the faces you want. You go on YouTube and watch some of these videos that these people make. And even I get, I'd be like, I'm about to pray right now. I can't do this. Like, this is like too much. No, right. like that stuff is really real. And so you just have to think about there are so many things that happen in the spiritual realm, period. We not yes, Jesus, just God. But there are so many things that are happening that if I was Nike, I sued him too. Who knows? Who who knows? Like because that's saying if you don't sue them, you're saying you condone that. I don't feel like the people who are supporting little Nas X right now condone Satanism. Because I think and I think that has to be made emphatically clear. Like that is be because to me, as as a person who is also a gay man, watching him, I like got I saw a totally different version of that video than everybody else saw. I saw like I saw the struggle to fit into his community being black, his community being gay, his community being like him being told where to go, never fitting in, and then finally just saying, fuck it, I'm me. That's what I saw in a short, in a shortened version. Other people are saying, like, you know, and if you really look at artists throughout, artists have used their their struggles with, like, they've used that that 
trope before. He just did it for a whole four minutes instead of just having to pop up in a in a minute of the video. Yeah, two minutes. Everybody who doesn't, everybody who supports him right now. Body double. But my point is like everybody who supports him right now does not mean that they support Satanism. I don't. I don't agree with that. I feel like people can because there's a lot of people who don't believe in Satan. That's my point. There's a lot of people who don't believe in Jesus or Satan or there's a lot of people who are Satanists that don't believe in Satan. I fully support Satanism. We'll talk about that if we want. But I mean, not this show. If you dig into what is it? Yeah. So my point is like my point is like my my point is to say that like to say that just because you support that what he's doing means that you agree with this other religion doesn't mean that like I support Jennifer Hudson. I love Jennifer Hudson. I'm not a Christian. She's a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I don't have to adopt her religion to support her. And when she'd be singing her, like some of my favorite songs from her are gospel songs. And I'd be like, yes, sing, but it, it's not my religion. So my point is just to say like, that's, that's not fair to attribute someone to someone's religion just because you support them in their art, even when they make art about their religion. That's assuming that it, it, so assuming yeah, that I mean, is I'm his not, religion. Uh, yeah. Right. And I'm Child not, I'm not saying that, that is, is his religion. Right. I'm just saying that spiritually, there are things that are just too interconnected to if you're it's too much for this conversation and I would okay. like to get to the summit. Okay. We'll go to the summit. Yeah. This is the conversation after show tonight. Okay. Yes. Hang oh, out. Uh, I'm talking to hang us out eight. after show. Eight. Oh, no. the, eight, the eight of us, if y'all please hang out so we can have this conversation. All we're right. Talk about so we're gonna head to uh, our current our our main topic of the night which is our Asian American, African American Summit. I'm so excited about that. But before we do, we're going to take a small ad break. Where we're going to check out some clips from Sipping Kiki, a new show coming to you every Sunday night at 8 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, right after Real Housewives of Atlanta and Married to Medicine. It's a recap of reality shows and a catch up on everything current events and pop culture that happened. Take a peek. Listen, that's me. <laughs> I know. That is me and Mo and Tristan. Allegedly. Mo Allegedly. is the that's keeper a, of the receipts. Mo is the keeper of the receipts, and Tristan literally all he does is he cooks tea and he and he <laughs> he spills it, he pours it, he serves it, all that stuff. And me, hey, I'm just I'm just always just in a deer in headlights whenever it's the three of us. But I love every minute mm-hmm. of it. All right, <laughs> so tonight we're having an Asian American African American summit. This came about because after the um, attacks, um, I don't remember the date. But after the Atlanta shootings, where the the person, the man, he decided to take lives, there's been so much controversy about like, you know, whether this was a racial attack. And that's a whole conversation. I'm sure we'll touch on it. But the issue I had was that immediately that night, there was a news headline, what black people can do to support Asian people right now. And I was like, wait, we wait, huh? Like, because not that we- NBC, it was NBC. Black people were already ready to support the Asian community. Like we were already getting our signs and shit. Like we was already in, and we looked at the new, wait, what? And so it was kind of confusing as to why it was directed at black people, because this this was a situation I feel like, and I can't say every black person, but a lot of black people who like are activists were already preparing to like get involved in, and then it became a responsibility. And, And then you hear all the comments about like the media trying to play at this tension that exists between the Asian community and the black community. You know, so then research time happened, right? So I'm researching a little bit, light research, cause you know, um, there's a lot, but there's light research and I'm finding, you know, hearing people keep saying this thing about 
the statistics that most hate crimes against Asians are perpetuated by black people. And then so, you know, you go and you do a little more research and then they want to say that we perpetuate most hate crimes in general. I, I saw that that statistic, not, not that it was an accurate one, not that it was an accurate one, but I saw that right. statistic and I, and I heard that talked about too. And there's this whole rhetoric. So every time we, we point, and so basically I had a conversation with someone and I'll be honest, I don't remember the numbers, but I had a conversation with someone and he was basically talking about black violent crimes towards Asian. And I was just like, okay, so, but the comment I made was, they were saying the news is not talking about, I was saying the news is finally talking about white violence against Asians. That's what I said. And they were like, oh, black people. And I said, okay, fine. But I didn't say that black people don't have a history of violence against Asian people. What I said is now the news is also talking about the issues between the white and Asian community because that's generally not what's focused on. And when you actually looked at the numbers, they're a lot closer. There's only a 4% difference in, in hate crimes per, per, per Am I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Mo, because you know I don't mind being wrong on my own show. But no, 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 no. The numbers are right, but then they're trying to say, well, black people only take up fifty percent of fifteen percent of the population, while uh, Caucasians take up close to the sixty percent. Right. So and they're saying proportionately. Yeah. So then they're trying to say proportionately, it's still more black people that are doing that are causing the crime within our community. So. I, go ahead. I'm well, sorry. The, just, what, the statistics I saw about violence, yeah. uh, violence, there was a 4% difference. We, it was more yeah, for us. You're correct it was in a 4% that. difference. So you're to correct. me, I'm like, when you really think about that, that's a 4% difference. That's not a, that's not a massive percent of a difference. So the difference is that the media will show one much more than the other to create a narrative that the other just doesn't happen. And I noticed that there was, and I've, I've been watching like TikTokers and reading up on it. There is this push to cause dissension between black people and Asian people. And now that you have black people and Asian people actively seeking to get rid of that by acknowledging the tension that's there, I think it's important for us to just start doing our small part in these little pockets to have these conversations and try to put stuff on the table. And I really wanna discuss our, the tensions that exist, why they exist. And I also want to discuss what it means to develop true allyship between our communities and i know um and i'm glad that everyone is here and we really wanted to try to have it as diverse as possible aaron he had technical issues so he had to leave but so i just kind of want to open it up if there's anyone who'd like to start start it everyone's a little bit more eloquent than i am so no 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 you were great with that you were great with that sir really yeah. okay. yes well thank you um thank you so Aww. Gotta stop on national internet. All right, so who wants to go Damn. first? Well, historically speaking, I mean, I'm of you know Asian Indian descent, and there's a lot of inherent racism that exists in India based on the caste system that is baked into the religion, you know, and it's it's become de it's de jure. It's no longer. Um, a part of the system politically, but de facto it is, or it was for a long time. And that's breaking down in our generation here. But in 1972, the Asian minority, the Indians specifically were kicked out of Uganda, where there was a large, that's where a large amount of diaspora was. A lot of Indians were in that country and they got kicked out wholesale. If you were Indian, you had to go. 
And that's where a lot of like some of my family moved to England or America from Africa because that's where they had originally settled. So, you know, historically speaking, it's not just limited to the United States, right? We're all immigrants. Um, and, and that comes with us, I think. Um, I certainly don't have that, but I do remember my aunts talking about it. You know, I do remember that, that deep, that deep sadness and mistrust of, of a whole nation, of a whole continent, you know, of a whole people because they kicked out wholesale our whole people. Hmm. Um, and, and they definitely brought that with them. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, what that means today, but historically that, that has definitely come into it. Um, Bigger picture thinking here. I, I see you see. I'm just tired of how people of color communities are being summarized as one, two words and that we're all seen as these monoliths. And then, you know, racism is by any person period and so this whole like separation and also like um generalization in general too ew i hate that i said that i'm sorry um is just so poor and sloppy and so with that a lot of it is the white narrative speaking on non-white communities and summarizing it in a very simple way for the masses. And so I want us all to be very, very cognizant of that, especially in the American tone, um, because it's it's assuming that the, the white source and the white narrative is the neutral zone, and it's fucking not. And I'm also going to speak as a half white person so it's nothing on hating the white culture or anything at all. It's just white supremacy, which is very different. And white supremacy can also affect and push down white people. So it's with crazy that, trying to explain that to white people. Like people keep, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. So basically just tying it back to this article, right? Or this kind of news source. Um, it's so sad that they're still othering us. They are still othering non-white communities. And so I'm just going to start us off with that. Um, I, I think it's important to understand, like, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to leap out there and say some crazy shit that, that a lot of people may not understand and might not get it, but we kind of talked about it with, with what Michelle just said. This is not just by having sense, this is by design that these two communities don't get along. Mm -hmm. It is because of white supremacy, not white people, white supremacy, which is a push, I, I'm gonna summarize like in my terms, to exalt the five, I would call them the five, white, rich, heterosexual, Christian men, to, to hold that as the pinnacle of existence. And that, 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 that happens by pitting a lot of things against each other, black men and black women against each other, um, transgender women and, and, and um, cis gender women against each other, this minority group and that minority group racially. So it's um, Latinx people versus black people, Asian people versus black people, black people, I mean, Asian people versus Latinx people. Like the whole point is to keep that dissension there so that the unified group is all here. You know what I'm saying? So. I think that's also important to understand because if you look at who perpetuates a lot of this, a lot of it has to do with 
prescribing to whiteness a lot of the times. And that's also not a lot, but it also is part of what creates the tension in those groups. And um, so I've always heard like, you know, a lot of these crimes, like when I was talking to somebody about hate crimes that happened in the community, they kept bringing up like store robberies and stuff that would happen. But then, you know, so let's talk. Let's just have a real conversation. So then you have the, the whole idea of like, what is the young lady's name? I always forget her name. And I was I always like, don't want to forget her name. What in I know Mono's. The young lady who was in the store who was in she was it was right before Rodney King got oh, killed. Oh, you talking about Natasha Harris? No, that's not she her was name. a it was a Latasha Harris. Um because she was 15 and the uh, a store attendant uh, had an altercation with her. Latasha and... Harlins. Harlins, okay, Harlins. I'm sorry. Latasha Harlins, right. And then, you know, you, you um, have this history of like mistrust on on their end. It was like, you know, they knew she was doing something out of out of the ordinary. And therefore it was, it, 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 she ended up getting shot in the back of her head, right? Now, the issue of that is like, you have to understand where that comes from, that mistrust that happens there. Do I feel like it was okay for her to get shot? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is understanding that history is part of understanding why that tension exists on both sides. Now, the violence that happens as a result of that tension on either side is inexcusable, in my opinion. You know, But you have to dig into it to understand why that exists to then understand how to move past it. And I think it's so hard to have these conversations because when you're talking about like a group of people like us who are all, I think we're all, I know everybody. So everybody, well, I just met I mean, um, but I know for the most part, I know the intent of these people, but it's hard because it's like, you don't want, you don't want to sit and have someone tell you something about your race. Right. But then again, you know, you want to move forward. So, you know, I think what's also really frustrating about that article in specific, or just any articles related in that kind of like message is that mm -hmm. they are also, a, they are letting the victim people of color communities be responsible for this burden of fixing it that's right. the biggest issue that i have with it that's it is like oh this is a people of color issue so other people of color you should go help and it's why is it our burden that's exactly. the, that's the message that is really disturbing to me mm -hmm. michelle came ready today I just... right. <laughs> michelle, stay ready right. michelle is the definition of uh, stay ready so I don't got to get ready. To be honest, okay. I'm fucking okay. tired. I'm tired. We're all tired of it. But like, shit, who else is going to talk about it if we don't? You know? I want to go out there and sit on my porch and enjoy a nice iced tea, but I can't. Because it's our fucking burden to take care of. I'm sorry, mm. but thank you. Welcome to wow. my right. Dan, I, mm. I'm not sure thank if Danny had his hand up or if, I know PJ. But I mean, I, I didn't necessarily have my hand up, but I, I, I will say that it's a lot of what you see now, the, the whole black Asian uh, kind of divide today, today is it, it, it's almost laughably easy to see what's going on there. It's it's you, you've got you've got this, um, you know, you've got all these these movements, these people that are saying, you know, we stand together, we stand together, we stand together. And then um, like they're uh, just regular newspaper. This is not like some sort of weird, crazy, um, you know, conservative blog or every, anything. But uh, here is a, a story. Not a month ago, stop 
Asians, stop blaming whitey. And then it goes into like, it talks about, you know, all these, the unity protests and this, that, and any other. And then it, and then she just goes, reality check. Look at all these black on Asian crimes and Asian on black crimes and stuff. And it's like, those aren't hate crimes, dummy. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, if you go into it's a store and rob the store, whoever's at the store, that's who the victim is going to be. Listen, right? I wasn't like, confident enough to say that, but I wanted to say that when you're talking about killing people in stores, I'm like, those are like proximity crimes because they're in their neighborhood. Like, it's not like they just went out to kill some Asians. Like, right. So like, that's, I, that's what's going the, on there. Unlike the unlike previous the person, guy. right, who specifically targeted Who specifically people. drove out of his way right. to go here and there and, and right. you know, yeah. And I so like, I also live nearby there in that Lindbergh area, right by Cheshire Bridge Road. So I am very familiar oh. with those shops there. And there are, mm -hmm. there's the Tokyo Valentine right there. There's also yes. like two to three strip clubs around that area within Latin five 21. blocks away. Yeah. Follies. And so this, mm -hmm. and so this whole like, yeah, so I we already know that whole over. discussion. I didn't want to about jump over sex to yeah. but that proximity crime, I got a little, another historical little thing about the, you know, you, the, the, the Rodney uh, King riots. So PJ, you keep raising your hand and I keep talking over you. <laughs> that's, that's quite all right. Um, so one thing, Doria, you, you'd mentioned in the beginning, like how we can bring our communities together to start working. Right. And I think I talked to you about this previously. The yellow power movement was there in the fifties and sixties and actively engaged in the civil rights movement. It's just not taught in our history books. Uh, it was a Filipino American who began the farmer's strike out in California that led to like Cesar Chavez and, and the farm workers union. Um, Yuri Kuchiyama was a, a, a disciple of Malcolm X. So we've always been there. And this leads me to my second point was knowing coming on the other day I was watching the news and they were talking about the increase in Asian uh, anti-Asian violence. The anchor was a black woman. The reporter was a, uh, an Asian American. And as they're talking about the increase in violence against Asians, I realized the only video footage they were showing were of blacks attacking Asians. So the images didn't match the words. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to see the images and never hear the words. And That's I told what you, they do. last year, last year, I don't remember what the, the increase in Asian violence was, but 90% of it was perpetrated by white actors. And less than 5% of it came from, from a, a black person initiating that violence. I, I, I want to also go ahead. I'm done. That, those were the points. Oh, no. Continue. Thank you. I just wanted to say, cause I know that one of our partners, me and Ami's partners, um, Sky, who uh, works with East by Southeast with us would be happy for me to also say that in addition to media news media like that, pay attention to your entertainment media too. So there is a movie coming mm -hmm. out an American movie coming out. I have my opinion about more movies. Moral? I mean, war, excuse me, okay. war movies, military movies. Oh, yeah. But oh, there's yeah. a movie coming out about the, um, the coming together of a white and a black soldier fighting uh, in the Korean War. So I just want us all to be very cognizant of this sort of 
message and propaganda that is also being perpetuated through our entertainment media too. So yay, whites and blacks coming together, but against However, the Asians. Right. Yes. Especially when it's un-American or any other government or whatever, because, you know, America loves to intervene when we think something's not right, too. So that's a whole other conversation I'm going to save for later. But be very conscious of this kind of propaganda, because it is so deeply rooted in the things that surround our lives. And it's dangerous. And also a way to combat all this kind of um, intercommunity racism, too. Like, Asians can totally be racist. I've seen it, too. You know, we've all had our moments of it. It doesn't, you know go away from anyone no matter who or what you are but having those small conversations i was able to be a part of a um equitable dinners event where basically just people around the communities um just come together and obviously it's been virtual lately um but they just have these conversations that are poignant to the times and so one of our guest speakers was dr bernice a king and she is incredible obviously. And one of the biggest things that she highlighted was to start any of this movement is just to have these small conversations. Just start them small with the people that you know, the people that you love. And yet, you know, it's going to be this white supremacy stuff is going to come from, like Sky said earlier today, from your pastor, from your neighbor, from the person working at the grocery store next to you, from your coworker that maybe you are, you know, work wife, work husband, but at the end of the day, they also support this stuff quietly. And so just having those comfortable conversations so that you can not only bring awareness to it, but also so they know that they have to have other opinions that they have to consider too. Because I know for me, and I think I also say what I always say, be, be prepared to take accountability for yourself I wouldn't say your community necessarily because you're not responsible for everything your community does, but don't be You can defensive. speak on your experience. You can speak on your experience, but also if someone's if someone's saying something about an experience they've had with your community and and you don't have to feel defensive about it, but you also don't have to take ownership of that either. Like it's not your fault you didn't do that thing, but don't discount that person's experience. Um recently I had Michelle read a script of mine and there was a line in it that had nothing to do with race at all, but it used um, a slur, which it, and, and I didn't really, it wasn't, it's, you know, I don't want to say the word, but it, it and, and she was basically like, you know, hey, I know what you mean right here, because it, it's not used as a slur in that in that point. But when, when she read it, it, I don't want to say it triggered, but it, it stuck out as like problematic, right? And instead of going back and forth about it, it's just like, oh, you know, that's something that I wouldn't even think about. And I know, I think so often you see people, and it's not just in our racial conversations, like you see straight people, you see men, you see black, all people, like when they're caught, when something's pointed out like that, oh, you're too sensitive. I can't stand that shit. Gaslight? It's like, it's like if I was sensitive, I, I would just feel what I'm feeling and not say shit. Right? <laughs> the truth is, I'm going to feel what I'm feeling, tell you about it so that you can be sensitive too. If that's the what case. was that meme? There was a meme that's been trending lately, and it talked about that. Like, oh, everyone's been saying that I was just sensitive as a kid, but in reality, maybe it's just our generation just being traumatized by the layers and layers of awful like <laughs> right. treatment or whatever, and we haven't been able to say shit because that was the status quo. I saw right. that meme Micro that addressed that, and I'm glad that's being blown up right now. <laughs> it takes a lot. 
when you're taught, you have to realize all of these people that all these things that you're hearing, like cancel culture, people too sensitive, all these things that you're hearing that people are finally speaking about. The truth is, is that it took a lot of time and strength for the people to decide to start talking about it, because all of these things are things we've been taught to accept abuses that we've been taught to accept. Don't cry. Men don't cry. Um, you talk about race too much. You must be racist. You know what I mean? People tell me because I, I talk about race, I'm racist. Baby. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like addressing a problem isn't let it's literally the opposite of allowing it to persist. Okay, I'm racist. It's like, so th that's the thing about it. When you're having these conversations, if you legitimately want to have a conversation, a productive one, then you have to allow that other person to have their experience that is the, that 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 you don't feel personally culpable in. But that you also don't have feel like the need to deny vehemently. Pete, Pete I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rakia. Do you want to address this this comment right here? Which comment? Um, by Doc Donnie Jess. Let me see the comment, child. Do you want to read it like by yourself, or do you want me to put it? Do up? I need to Bump read it? Up. it? Bump it up. No, wait, hold on, Danny. Don't do that. It's don't part of the that. conversation. <laughs> it's just the conversation. There's nothing to be mad about. It? It's not no bad words or nothing. No, it's it's the but it's part of the conversation. I haven't read it, but. Uh, let me read. I was well, I want to talk about allyship anyway. Oh, child, so this, fine. Bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah, bring it up. Back it's to bring it, it out. The conversation we're having. Hold on. Wrong one. Okay. Here we go. I respectfully have an issue addressed to me, Lord Jesus. I respectfully have an issue with the fact that all of a sudden Asian, Asian Lives Matter too, when they are the ethnic group that has remained predominantly silent while Blacks have been subjected to the injustices of Blacks in America. Now, I will say this. Wait. I will say this. Now, I will say this. PJ just Come on, talked PJ. about someone that was... PJ just talked about... PJ gave several examples. Thank you. Several I examples. will say this. I think, I think it's like this. You don't do something, and I'm going to talk like this. You don't do something for someone because of what they've done or will do for you. You do it because it's right, right? Like... Even though I'm like, even though I feel like white people don't always cherish black people, if I saw a white person get murdered just because they were white, like, that's not cool. Like, you, you say something about that. It's not okay to just look the other way just because, oh, they don't help us. It's because then you're just, you're, you can't speak out against something and then become it. You're falling into that trap that, you know, Michelle was talking about, that othering trap, right? Where it's us against you or you against us. Also, I do have a problem with saying that we are an ethnic group. Um, Asia is very large. It's the largest, it's very, very large. <laughs> and, um, you know, that encompasses a lot. So, so there are different pockets. Now, East by Southeast, you know, Michelle and I, we've had this conversation about all last year where we did feel like, okay, our civil rights experiences took a backseat to Black Lives Matter because our our responsibility was to amplify and let those people speak, let the people who were speaking on Black Lives Matter have the megaphone and not distract from it becoming us, knowing full well that if we did that, if we said, this is your space, yes, we share civil rights um, issues, but we are in this together. So take your space because what you do will help others. 
automatically. And that is what's happening, right? We are becoming allies. We're having this conversation. Let Michelle go, then um, and, and that was a conscious decision by a lot of Asian activists, I think, to say, we are going to give the megaphone and not distract because that is not, that is, we are not othering ourselves. We are allying ourselves. Michelle? I'm gonna I'm gonna parallel two things for you here. So Michelle's personal experience with all the racism that I've had since COVID, especially, has all been from black people. That is my sphere of experience, okay? So I want us to understand the bubbles that we're in as well. So because I have only experienced these things from all black people, me, just Michelle, does not discount nor deny the fact that other people besides black people are doing this too. Second of all, this is a very close parallel to a lot of people during the Trump administration, especially before the Trump administration, hating on the Latin and the Hispanic communities when they would come in and take your job. So when that is your only experience of you're seeing all these certain kinds of demographics of people doing something to you, harming you, taking away something from you, whatever perspective you want to see, and then blaming it specifically on that demographic is very dangerous. I can also tell you that there are literally people on this panel, including myself, that have actively been in support of this. So that sentence that you have written out, I can say that you might not have seen it, but it is still happening. Asians have been supporting it too. There have also been Asians that haven't been supporting it, but you cannot look at it at a focused lens. You have to look at the bigger picture here. I'm so sorry that this is the perspective that you have seen, and I can understand why that has hurt you and has probably angered you, and that is valid. But I please ask you and encourage and challenge you to look at the bigger picture here. And don't look at just your lens. And before I, I hand it off to Rikia, I want to say it's like two things can happen at once. But that's the point. Like, this is not just like a, we don't have to address one issue at a time. Like, we could talk about feminism, transgender rights, goddamn Asian, Asian rights, uh, African-American rights. We could talk about all that at once. We can, because there's so many of us and we're all dealing with those things, especially when you consider intersectionality. Like, if I'm, me being part of the LGBTQ but me being part of the LGBTQ community and the black community, it's like asking me, okay, but you can only address one at a time. I literally can't do that. I cannot do that. Like we have George Floyd happening. Literally you have to realize George Floyd and Tony McDay died within two days of each other the same way. And, and I had to be an activist for both. Like you don't get to choose. So just like that, as a community, we can do the same thing. And I think, and I'm going to say as a community, I mean like, the whole of us as people, right? We can address all these things at once. Um, Rakia, Rik I'm sorry, Mo. Rakia and Nemo. You're muted. You're muted. I'm gonna jump in real quick. That uh, I posted an article. Wow. That article is from June last year. So it's not, so this is not like a recent article that now we're doing this. This is from like- uh, You have to go to the Facebook to find that. The Facebook one. Um, can you post so it on the YouTube one? I can post it on the YouTube, um, and and so I was just uh, kind of unless y'all want to just type that out. 
I mean, uh, you, you can just take part of the If you're watching us it, after we're aired, just pause it and then type that into your browser. But Yeah, type that whole thing. But go ahead, Ricky. But I had an issue with the the um, Asian Lives Matter, too. I think we should also acknowledge that the Asian community has not piggybacked off of... Intentionally! The, right. That's the whole reason it's called right. Stop Asian Hate and not Asian right. Lives exactly. Matter. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Like, we're, they're not piggybacking off of Black Lives Matter as opposed to All Lives Matter has done um, as a like a way of just saying, well, think about us too. Like, no, there's specifically like we're talking about this specific group of people that yes, they are dealing with something similar, but we are making sure that this is their this is their lane, and we as allies, if we're in the Black Lives Matter community, we can also support that without having to be, you know, changing the narrative for them. But, like, let's, let's, this is not them trying to get what was coming from the Black Lives Matter community and what the push is from that. This is a whole other thing because we all know this is specifically about the Asian community that does affect some other parts of the, of the world, but, like, this is specifically them. It's not like, oh, our lives matter too, so let's try to get in where we fit in. No, this is our, our, um, our community our uh our issue and we want to make sure this is specifically like being voiced and 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 getting ex- uh, exposure right oh okay real quick before my internet goes out again all right so going back to it's it's been it's been a rough one making it going back right going back to your point michelle uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and you know, hey, uh, uh, to the people at home that are that are watching this, newsflash: there is a lot of black people that don't believe in Black Lives Matter. Yes. So, you know, uh, going back to our original point, we're there is no race or um, ethnicity uh, that is, that is a monolith. Period. Um, I I really wish that someday that we all come together, including. Um, our uh, lower middle class Caucasians that feel that they're superior and actually figure out and actually recognize who the actual culprit is, which is white supremacy slash colonialism. Because let's face it, the main reason why those Gahinis let uh, uh, kick out the Indians is probably because something what one of those colonizers stated to them. That's the reason why they carved up those countries where you had one tribe that was a majority and you had another tribe that was a minority. So to create conflict so they can come in and then basically pick up the pieces. It's classic divide and conquer. And on top of it, going all the way down the levels of intersectionality today, we even have issues within the LGBTQI community. Some of the gays and the lesbians don't uh, believe in transgender folks. Some of the white gays and white lesbians don't believe that there's racism within their community. So everybody's going through it. Can't be bisexual. Uh, It's called bi-eraser. Yes, absolutely. It's gotten to the point that people have expanded on the definition. So, hey, so we all know this within our community. So now we have to decide what type of person that we're going to be. Because Duryea earlier made the um, example about Tony McDay. For the people that are at home that are watching this all over the Internet, Tony McDay was actually a transgender male, African-American man, that was killed by the police in a point of police brutality. <laughs> Unfortunately, his name, along with 
even with Breonna Taylor's name. Breonna Taylor's name took a long time in order to build up pressure, uh, national attention, mm -hmm. due to the fact that she wasn't black, a man. So we have to keep that also because we have men versus women. It's so many different levels of of uh, that of of uh, separatism that is being caused, and I can um, faithfully say that with this recent recent increase due to um uh I hate to call it, I, I know you, you said that you don't like it being called Asian crime but uh Asian hate crimes. It's due to the fact that we're at a point of uh, nationalism has basically taken over our country. And uh, unfortunately, when you have times when nationalism takes over, it affects all communities. This isn't the first time that back in the um, in the 1940s during this, uh, the World War II, they had Japanese internment camps. And unfortunately, whether you were born here, you didn't even have to be Japanese. They were locking, they were basically locking your ass up in a daggone camp. In camp. Just because so, uh, just because you, you look like it. And, you know, at the NAACP was there, right there on the ground, uh, trying to, you know, get people out as well. And even going back to the 1880s, you know, there was an influx of Chinese um, immigrants, which at that time, Chinese women weren't even allowed to immigrate to this country. It was only the men. And there was an act that was trying to be put in place where they was trying to expose them. Uh, so expulsion. So, and then you had Frederick Douglass that was on that battle line as well. So it's intersectionality. There's plenty of examples on all, um, under all fronts. We just have to start focusing on it and stop focusing on the division. I'm done. And I think that was a great, <laughs> the reason I, I, I'm appreciative of the question is because these are the kind of ideologies and thoughts that persist that keep the separation within the two communities. And, you know, I hear this, I've heard this a lot, like, you know, this whole idea of like, but we have to realize as members of a community that so often, especially, you know, people pick up the torch for us. We have to pick it up for ourselves. I'm not saying we don't, but people do pick up the torch for us when it's time for us to do the same thing and be in a space and just be silent and give attention. It's it's okay. It is okay for us to see what happened on the 16th. I think somebody said in the comments to those women and and that and that and the and I think two men died or I'm not sure but to see what happened and identify it as what it was and then stand up for them it doesn't take away at all from what we're going through it actually bolsters it so that leads me to the next question I want to ask the panel what do we see knowing all this stuff like you know choosing to be an ally choosing to be I'm going to call it an intersectional ally where it's not about just one fight it's about them all you know what I'm saying what is the steps that we could take as two communities? And even just as small as like when we decided to do this panel, I was talking to PJ about it. And I talked to him first and he was like, we need to make sure we have someone on the panel that is not just of, please correct me if I'm wrong, East Asian descent. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then you know, I was just like, yes, that's true. We do. Because, of course, you know, X, Y, Z, and th even things like that, just little small things of understanding that when people hear Asian, that is not just people who are from Japan or Korea or China. <laughs> and even they are very different, like Japan and Korea. Even and they are very different, China, right. So. You have people, I want to say the Philippines, right? That's Asian, right? You have yeah, yes. Nepal, you have parts of Russia, Tibet. India, you have Mesa community, Middle Eastern, South Asian community, Thailand, yeah. Burma. Yeah. And part of that is understanding these are all very, very cultures with varied histories. 
and, and indigenous indigenous groups also, which is something that's not often talked about. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and you'll see, you'll you run like you'll see, and, and and even within their communities and their countries, they deal with um, you know the same things we deal with in a lot of sense. We talking about colorism and the history of of colonialism, and all that stuff oh, like that. Yes. So then we get here, right? And we're just perpetuating that same thing when really we don't want to do that because most of us want the same things, right? That's how I look at it, you know? When I talk about the same things and I say most of us, I mean the people who want to just thrive in life and don't want to just oppress people in life because those people exist. I hate to admit it, but there are people out there who just wake up every day and be like, oh, God, I'm oppressed today. So <laughs> there's absolutely, like, I, I, if you had asked me like a year ago, I'd be like, people don't do that. It's their, their pain or they're hurt. And I'm like, no, people who wake up and they feel that way every day. Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, but how is it that we as a community, communities of Americans, of people, of, of humans, how do we decide, how do we take steps toward that? T? Um, it first starts off with becoming intimate with those things, right? Like as a person mm-hmm. of color, a black chick that grew up in on the south side of Atlanta, I didn't have my first real Asian friend until I was like in college. And then the Asian friends that I had, they was more black than me. They grew up in Forest Park. They was Laotian and they was like, nigga, 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 nigga. And I was like, <laughs> hey, whatever. Oh yeah, that's common. Because and I when I and when I say more black than me, I mean like in the sense of every stereotype that you would the have for an African. Yeah, a black person, that was them and not your girl. Right. But and then we became friends by like happenstance. I met all of them because they came into my job when I worked at K Jewelers at Southlake. Okay, it's not because so that's the biggest thing though. When is the first time that either one of you ever had your first African American friend? Not somebody you knew, but like a real friend. Until we start getting those types of interpersonal relationships, then it's hard to solve a problem when you have no connection. Well, I, agree I want and to I guess- elaborate a little bit more on that really quick because, and I agree with you, T. I think it's harder though for those that are in an environment where that's not possible. And so, mm. what do they do? You know, if you're in a rural country with less than 500 people, not country, city, whatever, and like, like there's literally no Asian people or no black people, I'm also wondering, you know, how can they do that? And, you know, sometimes their education system doesn't help. So I wonder, too. Yeah, yeah. So I live in a place where our population is maybe like 30,000 people. Okay. And we're talking about including the military installation. And we have people who are of multitudes of Asian uh, descent. We have Indian people. We have, not to be confused with Native Americans, because there's a... a, a, um, a uh, reservation like 45 minutes away and they take that stuff real personally anyways we have like indian people we have korean people we have chinese people we have people who are who identify with being from like all these types of other places and the way that i choose to connect is when i go to have whatever this type of food is thai food whatever food right then i engage the person i'll ask them hey where are you from and that's when you start to find out, like, we had people who were cooking, like, at a Thai restaurant, and it was like, yeah, we're Chinese. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So then I start to ask questions. There's a lady who is Indian 
that works at um, the Walgreens here. We only have one. And so then I was, I asked her questions like, yo, so I saw on this movie because I like Asian culture as an overall arch. I saw in this movie that they make biryani. You know how to make that? And she was like, well, I'm vegetarian, but my husband is not. And so he can teach you how to make it this way. And I can make it for you vegetarian wise. And so I can, I make the choice to connect with people that way because I think that those things are important. They're just as much of an outsider in the community as I am. But that's uh, how we would have to step outside of our comfort zones, even if you live in a rural place. To I want to say, I want to say something about that. Like, I, I feel like intimacy is fine, but it's not fine in the sense that I think the first step to answer my own question, I'm that guy. <laughs> right. Well, of course you I think, look, I, mean, I can't help it. I'd be like, I'd be like asking the question, like, okay, and they're going to say this. Okay, she didn't say it. She'll say it. No, okay, I'll say it. Um, I mean, I was probably going to say it. You probably were going to say it, but I'm impatient. I think that the first step is, well, after self-inventory, it's research. I know visibility, I agree, but I think it's research too. I think think a lot of us, we wait until something happens before we decide to start doing whether it's something that happened to me, somebody I know, something I see on TV, whatever, it's that, that's the point where we start to have these epiphanies, right? We can take a moment of ourselves right now after this is over with, we're going to have our after show, but like whatever to talk about, you know what I'm saying? Like to just think about like, I wonder what that's about. And I don't mean you got to sit down with a bunch of books. It could be as simple as I read an article today, an article. I I I I used to Google some statistics today because I'm not a big like some people are researchers. They're gonna dig into you know I'm I'm not that way, no. but I do want to be more more well versed. So I take it easy on myself so that way because if I try to overload on research, I'm not gonna sustain it. But I have a pretty healthy pattern now of just taking in information as little by little. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and when you're presented with new information, accept it. That's part of don't don't like don't fight if if it makes sense just because it's new. You know what I'm saying? That I think don't put yourself in an echo chamber of the same ideas and thoughts as you. Yeah. But don't go off the deep end. I I tried to take myself out of some echo chambers and I ran back to my echo chamber because I went too far to the left. No, actually to the right. But then we're going to talk about that later. Okay. (laughs) Ooh, child. The ghetto. Look, the hood. The hood on the right. Ghetto. But I think that's a big part of it is taking some incentive on your own because the thing about intimacy, I think that's great because I think it is important to humanize things that people decide not to humanize. However, I think that opens up the door to this idea that now that you're my friend, teach me. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I'm not. What I'm saying is I think that opens that door to a lot of people to interpret it that way. Yes, as a friend, if one of my friends asked me to teach them, I probably would be inclined to. But for some people, that's the work, is talking to their friend. That's the only work they're going to do. You know what I mean? We don't care about children. Yes, we do. We love the kids. We don't care <laughs> about children. I put my daughter to sleep. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I want to say. Mo? Mo? Okay. All right. It's, okay. I'm back. All right. So, yeah, I had, ooh. Listen, uh, you know, my, my happen, uh, phone carrier. Okay. Cause me and my phone carrier, we won't have a long conversation tomorrow. You hear me? Right. Because I'm supposed to have unlimited data. <laughs> or, and or, not. Not being unlimited. So, <laughs> or not. Or not. Or not. You know, 
Oh, you got jokes. I, honey, she stays paid. As a matter of fact, they already gave me a credit for something else. Uh, so, <laughs> I think uh, I think also one of the big things that we need to uh, continue is continuing this dialogue. Um, because, uh, I mean, frankly, we're all together in this country. So, uh, and there's going to be other times of nationalism that's going to rear its ugly head. You ever um, think about what Native not... Americans think? I'm just saying. I you know what Native that? Americans think because I've been cussed clean out by one and I was just mm. existing. I didn't do nothing. I didn't say Damn. nothing offensive. I existed and she told me to go back to where I came from and I said, ma'am, I'm from Atlanta. I don't know nothing about Africa. I ain't never been to Africa. I don't speak no African language. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And I didn't mean to, and I'm sorry for disrupting you, Mo. I was just trying to add on to that as your hype man on the side. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's actually a good point because uh, that's the thing. Black people have a very special, um, uh, I guess, level of oppression. I, I know this isn't the uh, oppression Olympics, but virtually every other culture they can uh there, there's a thread that they can go back to you know their great-grandparents great-great-grandparents they know pretty much what country they come from they know yeah. what is uh, the uh in indial sicknesses of their particular culture well black people we don't have that because we were cat we were basically cattle um so regardless of what tribe we were from you know what you're a big buck and you're a big woman y'all get together and make some babies I, I hate to be, you know, uh, flip with but it, but know, that's what that's what it is. No, no, I'm just. Well, let me get, let me finish my point. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, yeah. I know, it's a lot. Okay, so there's a lot, you know. So we're basically, as far as culture, we're basically creating it as we go along, and uh, when we see other people, you know. Uh, do uh, uh, do appropriation acts with it or appreciation acts we get very uh protective over it because we don't really have anything to fall back upon because we're creating it as it goes along not saying that it's right not saying it's wrong okay that i got on a, a big whole separate show okay right? exactly that's so i got on the tangent i got on the tangent i did okay so what, okay. But i think i think the big thing we need to do is to continue to have these discussions and have an open dialogue in between uh you know these shows due to the fact that nationalism is going to rear his ugly head again joe biden is only in office for four years we're going to have another race in 2024 there's going to be another rough fight and uh if if donald trump is able to, is able to retake reclaim the title of president uh and, well, uh, he's still rich. So um, if he's able to reclaim that office of the presidency, there's going to be hell to pay. So we have to garner these relationships uh, on a on a national level, on a uh, on a, a state level, and as well as a community level. And that's just not, and that's just for, if anything. Uh, survival because they're coming for uh, they're gonna be coming for all of us. Whenever there's times of change, there will always be a backlash. So we have to be prepared. So for this whole I, nationalism I just, thing too, we cannot just think it's all with Trump either, because Biden no. is guilty of many many things too. And so just holding people right. accountable in addition to these conversations, I think the I two and two and together will be perfect. So yeah, I, I just want to say something really quick. It's it's interesting too, and I think I think it goes to this space of like. We were talking about something earlier today, like, you know, when I say we, I mean me and my Facebook friends. This idea that when somebody tells you a story about them, like normalize not having to like tell them your story that's similar. 
Now, it, there's like a caveat to that. Like, I think we need to normalize this because what I'm noticing right now, you know, I read energies and I can tell people like they're like, you know, I'm, you know, so I'm looking at y'all and I'm, I'm seeing like we really want to have a certain type of conversation that we're still afraid to have. Like, because we don't want to hurt each other. That's what I'm noticing. It's like we want to have this like this is what I went through and, this is what I, and we want to have that. But we also don't want to by doing that minimize each other's experiences because we understand all of us have gone through shit. We can just like we know it. Right. And, and we share that with each other. And we want to create a space for each other where we can have that. And we just don't know how. The perfect space, the space, but we're trying to. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, you know, you have these, like, I want to say this, but I, and this is the first time I've seen this on Talk It Out where everyone's kind of like, but <laughs> because you don't want to say the wrong thing, but because you really want to create this awesome space where we can just have live as in our space of just being like, this is what happened. And at the same time, I'm here for you. And, and I think that we have to normalize that. Like when someone tells you a story about something that happened to them, listen, you can still share, share your story too, but totally just listen to them and and don't don't take away from it. Well, well, you know, it's not all. We don't need to. We don't need to hear that at all. We don't need to hear who it's not all of. That happened to you. Period. Boom. Right. You know, that happened to you. Period. And that is what happened to you. And that is your situation. Or that's what happened to your mother. Or that's what happened to your brother. That's what happened. Period. Let's you know. And and that's cool because and I get that. Like I don't have to feel just because a man did it. And you're telling me, I don't have to carry that. I'm not the man who did it. I can understand that within you. That's a thing. And I know that I hold a space that that man held that, you know, I was talking, uh, I was looking at a video saying, you know, I don't want to, I'm going to segue, but those kind of things, like really trying to create those spaces, literally just by letting people have their stories, have their events, have their, and being able to express that. Because so many of us who are oppressed don't feel comfortable really dealing with that oppression in 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 every space because sometimes it's like you know oh we might be all be black but i'm the gay one in the room or i'm the man in the room or you know i'm the woman in the room whatever the situation may be you know so we don't always like we have to make those spaces available for each other if for no other reason than to be selfish because you want that space for yourself too you know what i'm saying if for no other reason um, I think PJ wanted to go. Okay, it's probably, no. he's probably gonna say what he leaned forward, and I took that as like he wanted to go, but then he leaned back. Do you want? Did you want to say something, PJ? Well, I I would love to dig in a little bit more. You know, Duria, I sent you a message earlier today, but I'm I'm curious. You know, if you guys could, and I hate to make it seem so so like it like broad strokes, but like, what are, what are three, four things that you, you, you think Asian, the Asian American community doesn't know, or you wish. Oh, you did ask me that. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I forgot you know, to just, ask that. I, I'm curious to see, because, you know, you said we have been there this whole time. It's just that story is not told. So I, I'm curious to see what, how you guys see that. And then in turn, maybe we could, we could turn around and offer the same thing, how we feel things we'd like the black community to understand about our respective subgroups or you know or the group as a whole i think for me there's a lot of things that i want to do to be better about and i think the biggest part of, of of my thing it's actually and i'm not trying to compare the two but it's actually a similar thing that i'm trying to do with the latinx community and making sure like i don't know how to always ask like where are you from so that i don't put you in an umbrella 
<laughs> I really, because I don't want to, like, for me, I'm black as hell. And you don't have to ask me if I'm from Texas or Atlanta, like I'll say, like, you know, but I know I don't have that experience. So when I meet Latin people, Latinx people, I'm always, you know, it's, I'm a little more comfortable because I've been around, I've had that conversation more often. And so, but I always feel awkward asking someone that when they're, you know, Asian, because I don't know how to ask, because I know I called someone the O word once, and they got really offensive. And I just didn't, and I know it was, I was younger, but I did. I Listen, I did it. We're having a conversation. It's a safe space. No, 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 no. It's a safe space. And I, I was just thinking of the, the times time. I had to check people about that too. And I'm I didn't sorry. know at the time. And they told me, and you know, luckily the person was very chill about it. Like, hey, you know, that's not that's not a cool thing to say. It's not. Oh, really? No, that's not. And I was like, so how? What do I? What's the language? I and so, but but right, right. But the thing I would like to see. So that's what I'm working on because I think I'm going to do it in two ways, right? I'm not going to just say what I like to see. I would also say what I'm working on. You know what I'm saying? So that way it's a two-way thing. What I would like to see from the Asian community, well, not Asian community, but what I would like to see across all cultures, but I see it a lot with, with you know, Asian creators is like, I have an issue with appropriation that happens a lot, right? And I would like to see more of a, like, like we talked about earlier, an acknowledgement of where these things come from. Things like, you know, there's there's a lot of dancers that are doing hip hop. They're wearing hip hop clothes. Like, and I just would like to see acknowledgement because sometimes it feels like there's an appreciation of the culture and not the people that from which the culture comes from. And then it would feel less capitalistic to, to me. It would feel less like a, this is cool, I'm taking it versus like, oh no, I know what this is about. I know where this comes from. I, I get it. And and I think that that's that that's so that's what I'm working on, and that's what I would like to see. Next, I don't I don't like the silence. Why y'all let it be quiet? That's, right that sounded like a that sounded like a full else. on that sounded like a full on <laughs> final thought and stuff. That sounded like a final thought. <laughs> How did that sound like a final thought? Yeah. Because I because because final thought. Oh, yeah. Let me he ready to go. Maybe I'm new to this, but it just sounded like Durier talking. <laughs> no, that no, that wasn't that, that, that's, that's what, what that's Danny what it was. Saying, but that's what Danny's hoping. Yeah, that however, is. this is my last the time on, on the show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not you. That was just Danny being shady. Um, okay. So well, we I will can do final up. thoughts if if that's if, are, are we feeling that right now? I mean, because because we're because then we're gonna do the after party, right? So that's true. I mean, we yes. can make that the final thought if you want to, PJ. Well, or I have to run an ad say, really quick though. But let everyone else say their final thoughts. But like that, like that was a good leeway to final thoughts, I think. So no, right. So what I'll do is I'm play this last ad. We'll come back. We'll do final thoughts. Okay. So we'll play the last ad, and then when we come back, our final thoughts. We're literally going to talk about those are the two questions: what you're going to work on to be a better ally, and what you would like to see extended to your community from our community to make us better allies. All right. Let's take a quick one minute break. That was Rim Alternus, their wonderful Twitch channel, Master of Rim, twitch.tv slash Master of Rim. They have all kinds of fun stuff. That was their D&D episodicals. So I think it's Saturday, right? Saturday morning. Make sure you check them out. They have a lot of fun stuff happening. So this is our final thoughts. Final thoughts is where each panelist is going to go through and tell us their final thoughts, what they're taking from the conversation and what they, hope we, they leave with. But this time we're doing it differently. We're going to say two things. We're going to say what 
leaving this conversation that each of us as an individual wants to work on about becoming a better ally and what we would like to see from the um, other community about how they can become better allies as well. Does anyone want to start? I can go again if we know. Mommy, did you want to start? Uh, I, you know, I've i been taught to always just volunteer. <laughs> like, don't okay. let there be silence. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. Uh, so the, the, what was it, the, what I want to bring to the table or what I want to do, right? What actions I'm taking yes. and, and to be an ally. And one of the things I've, I've said to myself is just to show up. I mean, that's part of it. You know, I, every time Michelle's like, Hey, you want to be part of this? You want to put part of this? Listen to this. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, I will do all of the work. I will listen to all of the stories and try very hard not to make my judgments fact. Like, I don't know your story. I'm not going to judge your story before you even given me your story. Um, and like you said, acceptance, right? So um, now I also, so, and what I want from, from, from really all communities, not just specifically, I think, yeah, sure. I can say this is what I want from the black American community. But it is to recognize that there is a that we're all we're all very different. We all have our different stories. And even you saying, I don't know how to ask the question of where are you from does a lot for me because so many people will just say, My intentions are good. I want to know where you're from. But you've already come into the premise with I must be an other. I can't be an American, right? I have to be an mm. other. Right. So that's what I've encountered a lot of. And I and I and Michelle said this earlier that a lot of her um, a lot of her poor experiences this past year have come from the black community. And I often get typed into being an other by a majority Southern, and I, I'm gonna get even more specific, Southern black community that I have to be Indian. And then when I don't know the language or the food, I get ridiculed. Like just accept that my ethnicity is what it is and it does not define everything for me. And that's for everybody, you know? Don't come at it with, this is a judgment of what being Indian is, and then decide I'm failing you because I'm not living up to that experience. Don't be nice. a dick. That's really what I say. <laughs> That's right. I, do, I don't know Kung Fu. I don't. Kung Fu? Is that? I don't know it. I, I, know. I can't do Kung Fu. I, I it's Juju, right? Juju? I, I, people ask that question all the time. Teach me some kung fu. Teach me some kung fu. When I was younger, okay. especially. I mean, not now think, that I'm like yeah. you know older, but when I was okay, younger, good. I'm like people are like, like yeah, that's when I was younger. Yeah. No. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ami. Thank you for that final thought. That, that's also enlightening for me as well. Um, who would like to go next? I'm gonna allow us to volunteer for these. I know Mo wants to go last, so. <laughs> Yeah, Mo always I, she makes. I, I mean, they, they make me go time. last all the time. They always so, make me let. So it's at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, go last. Well, the last up first. You know, I like to give the benediction. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just just remembering that that. Danny, I mean, awesome. Yeah, there's a lot going on, right? So there's, um, 
we're not all, you know, the, the things that are happening to us are not just happening to us. Our experiences are different, but these experiences are also shared uh, in, in various ways. So just kind of, you know, remembering that and, and having that empathy that sometimes like there's pain that you feel, but that doesn't mean that other people aren't feeling pain as well and keeping that in mind, but at the same time, not like not stomping on another discussion with your discussion, right? So when, when we're talking about one issue, that's an issue we're talking about. We don't need to bring, you know, the other stuff into it, especially if it's in a way to sort of undermine, which is what happens a lot, you know, like everyone's, ev everyone, like when, when Michelle said earlier, uh, I, I was, it was very, um, I really liked it when she said, hey, what you have felt is valid, right? Like, even as we're pushing back against it, we're not saying, like, that's invalid or you're wrong. We're just saying, like, you know, that's a valid perspective. That's your perspective. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think we have to just kind of remember that <coughs> as a whole when we're dealing with people. Excellent. That is Danny. You can find Danny on Twitter at Rim Alternus. Alternus Rem R E M Alternus A L T E R N I S Twitch at Master of Rem. Thank you so much for that wonderful final thought. Um, T, do you want to go? Sure. Excellent. Um, so again, I encourage reaching out to people and trying to connect with them. In, in some in the way that makes you comfortable in a way that makes them comfortable um, because just as a human race period that's how we learn by our relationships with people and so if you don't know anything about a culture there's way 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 too many movies on like Netflix and and Vicky all types of stuff I mean again that's how I learned you can tell I watch a lot of Asian television overall. I even got my mom hooked. She watches like Taiwanese and Chinese shows. But like there are shows and things out there, right? The same way that they're learning about us as Americans through film and what's put out via media is the same way we will learn about other peoples as well. Now, is that depiction always true? No, but it's a start. And from there, you can build your questions to get to know a person and what a person's culture is based on where they're from, not just an overarching Asian thing. And so I wish we would- But what are the two things, I'm sorry to interrupt, because I don't think Danny, what are the two things? Do we, are we answering the two questions? I was about to. Okay, my uh, bad. One thing I that feel like Danny I, 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 like, I would like for us as a African-American culture to stop doing is generalizing all Asians because they're not all the same. Just because a person is Asian doesn't mean that they speak Chinese or any of the, you call the big three, Chinese, Korean, or Japanese. Like, there's so many other subsets. Or even stop considering that Indians aren't Asian. They are, but not in the sense that you would think a person who is Chinese is. Again, let's just stop the whole lumping everybody together because of where they're from. All Africans are not the same. All Asians are not the same whether they're on the same continent or not. And 
one thing that I will continue to work on is, again, just building relationships with people and wanting to get to know people outside of the stereotypes that media has shown me about their culture. Like, I genuinely want to know. And um, as a person who studied East Asian history, like, that's what my degree was in, um, then it's always my endeavor to not just get the written history because that's always written by the victor, right? But to understand people's, like, cultures that they experience, not just necessarily seeing it from one way. So I'm going to continue to do that. And I just hope that I thank you for bringing that to my attention because that's never been brought to my attention on me on the fact that I'm considering somebody as an other. For me, it's like a genuine, like, you have a culture that's different. Just like Mo said, we as African-Americans don't really have a culture. We're making it up as we go. And so for peoples, especially like Asian, African cultures that have been established for thousands of years, their history has been established no matter if it was destroyed, to me, I'm like, I want to learn about that. I think that's cool. But I can understand now from your perspective how that might come across like, what you mean? Go back to Asia. I was born in California. You know what I mean? Like, what are you telling me to go back to? So I appreciate that. Excellent. Uh, Thank you very much, T. All right, next, let's go to... Wait. Forgot who already went. Michelle went. Michelle didn't go. Ami went. And then Danny and then T. Let's I want to go to Mo so bad right now. Let's go to uh PJ. All right, cool. Uh so I want to touch real quick on on something that I thought about earlier today from my own experience, right? Duria, you touched on appropriation, and absolutely I I have cousins who who you know who who embrace that the hip hop culture and and absolutely you know it it was appropriating and i I recognize that for what it is but also recognize that there's a whole group of of asians who have come over here for for different reasons or or different things triggered their migration over here you know refugees from war-torn countries and some of these kids have come over here and are in your communities and black communities and they're cut off from their culture from where they came from and and they're lower income they can't they're not they're there so some of these kids are growing up in that environment and it is honestly a a culture that's that they're living in you know so just consider that also um that was a lot of my experience growing up in in low-income housing with a, a single white mom you know we had there was one other thai kid across the uh, the block from us you know so i that's on that um and then t i i never mind sincere questions if it comes from the right place and you can freaking tell if it's coming from the right place or not when they ask me you know where i uh, where i'm from uh, i never mind sincere inquis- inquisitive questioning um and something that i'd like to see the asian community do is is really address some of the anti some address the the anti-blackness that that some of some of the people in our community do hold and we can do a better job of challenging the adults you know the same way we talk about people challenge you know around thanksgiving table politics challenging their their elders about these things we need to start doing that too when we hear our aunts and our uncles drop really shady comments um, and at the end, I, I just want to finish with this. I'm not Rose. You guys aren't Jack. 
there's plenty of room on this floating piece of wood for all of us. <laughs> that was awesome. You can find PJ at his blog, the PJ Vong. Vong is spelled V-O-N-G dot blogspot.com or on Twitter at the PJ Vong. Let's hear from Ricky. Okay. Well, um, I think for for our community, I think we have been stunted with the uh, American-centric view of, of history, or the Western-centric view of history. And so um, some of the issues that we have with understanding, like understanding that Asia is more vast than we realize, um, we have to look beyond because we understand that too for even for our own history um, as Americans black people in America that what we are taught in the education system coming as someone as a teacher is very one sided um, so part of us being able to understand and learn from each other is to we have to break away from that um, and, and do better about researching and learning about others history um, so that would be my hope for our community to better understand the Asian community and vice versa. Um, and, and, and like, and like, uh, Ami said, don't be a dick. Um, I feel like that's a, a very apt, you know, situation <laughs> there. But yes, that's me. Um, okay. Once again, that was Ricky Z. Ricky from geeking out and we can see next Monday. No, not next Monday, but two Mondays from now. It'll be fun. You can find Ricky at Twitter at underscore Ricky Z. Ricky is spelled with an E-Y and I-G Ricky underscore Z. Awesome. Michelle. I'm going to be really honest. I felt a little uncomfortable with the prompt of what do you want to ask from the Black community um, or African-American community because I don't I, I don't feel like, I feel like instead it should be a question of what can I do to understand better? I don't need to ask that out of someone to give them, I don't know. I just, it made me feel weird. And so I've been sitting here like, what the fuck am I going to say? Um, right. <laughs> but I guess in general, I'll just say, let's all remember that it's not just a black and white narrative. Also, I guess what I would like to see from my own identifying communities are, um, you know, there's a lot of that kind of pride in where your money goes. And this really just goes for everyone. So I'll say all too, it's not just the Asian communities, but you know, it's not just supporting the ones that you identify. It's also supporting the ones that you don't identify with. So be there for each other. And that can be with the movie tickets that you pay for, what kind of movies you see. That can be with the kind of music you go listen to or the theater that you might see or the sports games or in the workplace, if you see anything happening, just being brave enough to say something. Yes. If it's not in the moment, you know, deal with it in another comfortable emotion for you, whether it's in a private setting later or in an email, whatever. Be there and be an advocate for each other. Excellent. Awesome. You can find Michelle on her IG at Pocopac, which is pay, pay, P-O-K-O-P-A-C, and at East underscore X underscore Southeast. Yeah, there's supposed to be a team. Okay, yeah. Be, yeah. Great. 
and you can, and that's where you can reach out to Michelle. All right, let's let's round it out. Good old Mo. Okay, so I'm just gonna keep it real. Between part one of Deary's final thoughts th that's preempted this, and as well as the last four people, that's pretty much my final thoughts. I don't Ooh. think I need to rehash it as far as you don't think twice concerned. about going last. I know, right? Right? And I'm, ba and I'm basically past the final thoughts like we used to. So, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I will give this added battle uh, caveat. Um, it's okay to be an ally for someone else. I know that, uh, and this is particularly for my my folks in the, um, the Black community, it's okay to be an ally for someone else because that actually uh, opens your hand and builds the bridge to another because we've we felt so long by doing that that we're, um, you know, we're taking away from energy that could be serving our community. But I think we could walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. I think we'll be, <laughs> we will be fine. It, right. it will be okay. And also, uh, you know, I know that I wasn't able to really talk a lot, but everybody still remember. Oh, Lord. You can give, you know, hey, whatever donation, no matter how small, you can reach me at my cash app, which is dollar sign M O E S M I T H P S M Paul R O. That's one of the people that are listening via podcast. And uh, and also, this, please do this after you uh, give your donations to the Woe Nelly Media uh, web series that, that is in production uh, called Flirting with Destiny. So I don't want to take away from that. I love everybody. It's getting, uh, that hour is getting uh, lean. So uh, I'm going to pass it back to Derrier. Also, that was Mo. You can Mo. They don't already said it. So, all right. So, <laughs> of course, uh, wrapping up, I want to say thank you to my panelists uh, for this conversation. I know um, it, it, it it it's it's difficult talking about tough stuff like this amongst people who really just want to have like like positive like interactions. And I really appreciate the the sensitivity that we you know tried to plead tried to tread with tonight and i also appreciate just the the energy and the vulnerability that we've all had to put ourselves in this space um i also want to thank anyone who's watching anyone who's been watching the whole time whether you just hopped in whatever where whatever part of this program comments and all that i really appreciate you all too for being a part of the conversation you keep this show rolling remember head over to youtube right now and like the comments like over there comment over there subscribe over there get our activity up on youtube and we would really appreciate that. And we will see you next Thursday, um, which would be our regularly scheduled program, which our topic for next Tuesday is going Thursday is going to be restoring rights for felons. I was real confused for a second. I was like, <gasps> mm -hmm. we're going to talk about restoring rights for felons next week. I know. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And um, now, having said all that, I want to say, you know, I, I kind of said what I what I think of. And it's interesting that Michelle, I'm glad that Michelle said that about them making her feel uncomfortable because, I mean, that's that's the point. Like, I said something, it made her uncomfortable, and she said that it made her uncomfortable. It helped me understand a, a way of thinking, you know what I'm saying? A way of understanding and maneuvering. I don't think, but I don't feel bad that that, that happened. What I mean that she told me, I don't feel like 
oh no, now I have to argue with her about, oh, I didn't mean, no, I know. Well, like I, you know, and opposite too, like when you shared your story about using the O word and I made mm. a face and like I got called out on it and I was like, no, you're right. I need to create a safe space for us all to share these stories. So that's my bad. Well, no, I put my, at the point, it's a back and forth. Like when you really, if you actually like, let's have a conversation. Conversations are always pretty. That doesn't mean you have to, once again, become a dick when you say the wrong thing or give the wrong expression. Like, it's just like, ooh, I did that thing. Okay. Once you dwell on it, then you can't have the conversation more because now i got to argue with you about the face you made or now you got to argue with me about the... Con- like, then you get stuck there and it's just counterproductive. Understand that when you step into these kind of spaces where you're trying to unravel the, the trauma and the history of the kind of stuff that we're talking about, it's not going to be easy. Like, we're not going to come to this space everyone knowing what to say, how to say it, and make it pos- positive. And po- so just be ready. And I think everybody came into this conversation knowing that. Be ready for both halves of that, like making sure that you make, maybe you have to watch what you say and maybe you'll say the, and maybe you'll hear something that's difficult. You should be able to share that with each other so that moving forward, it doesn't happen. And that can also come through research as well. But it's a responsibility that getting in, it's going to get a little muddy. And how you deal with that is create that safe space. That's what I really want to say. Just, just help create that safe space for everybody, okay? I'm Durie Rashad. Thank you so much for coming to us for another episode of Talk It Out, where people of opposing views get together and have a healthy and productive dialogue in a respectful way, keeping in mind that it's not always about proving who's right and who's wrong. Sometimes it's simply about listening and being heard. Have a good night. Brought to you by Woe Nelly Media, LLC.